ladies and gentlemen, that was a podcast. <laughs> My guest today is Duncan again. Um, I know he's a fan favorite. People really like to listen to him. So um, that's great because he's close by and he can make it in and we're good friends. Um, but we get we get in, into it a little bit, uh, arguing about things um, as far as gender and sex and marriage and that, that sort of a stuff goes. Um, interesting conversation. We agree on a lot of stuff, but definitely hold some differing views. Um, I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, I should note this in, in every podcast, but let me go ahead and make sure I, I start doing it now. If you don't like to hear hard language, if, if an F-bomb on occasion bothers you, this isn't for you. Um, you can just go ahead and, and find something else to listen to. Um, I don't I don't mean to swear a lot in this, and, and uh, it's just, I don't know. Um, it happens. I get in the moment and uh, words pop out. But that's, that's what I like about this podcast. What I'm going to try and keep doing is – um, make it just that kind of genuine conversation. I try and forget there's a mic in front of me and just talk to Duncan and it's really kind of fun. So, um, that, or anything that's like, a, there's a couple of, um, times we have some funny innuendos. Um, I think it's funny. It's all meant in good fun. It's, it's meant to be thought provoking. And this whole idea of this podcast is meant to kind of change the way you think, um, about, or at least give you options of thinking differently, give you some options to explore uh, how to think about things in this world differently. So yeah, like I said, um, gender, identity, sexuality, marriage, all over the place in this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, here's my friend Duncan. I made with Kelly that one time. That would have been disastrous. Duncan's going to have you back. All the things. Here we go. All the things. Yeah, normally we record this early in the morning. Um, now it is 1 p.m. And um, I thought that would be appropriate, too. A little afternoon delight, if you will. Since we're... Uh, Extended lunch break. <laughs> we are getting kinky this week. So, um... What are we going to talk about today? What have we been talking about? You want to? You want to? Eugenics? Eugenics. I'm 100 percent for eugenics. <laughs> Not really. Tune in next week. <laughs> it's been. I have been so aggravated by all of these cases of um, people who just clearly shouldn't be allowed to be in charge of themselves. They just shouldn't be. Like the the couple that drove the car off the cliff in California was was what we were talking about. They, they were they hit on a couple of different radars, one in Minnesota, one in Oregon, and in California. At some point, we need you to say, I'm sorry, you're not allowed to be in charge of yourself. And we put them in places where they can't leave. Not prisons, but they do have fences and guards and stuff. <laughs> and I just... Or like Bill Cosby. At some point, Bill Cosby should have been in one of these places. I'm like, I'm sorry, you just, you're not allowed... To be in charge of your. But your problem isn't that they can't take care of themselves. If you want to drive your truck off a bridge, as a Christian, of course, I hope that you don't. Right. Of course. Um, right. But but as a as a free American, 
go ahead and drive herself off the bridge. The problem with that California couple was wasn't that they drove the van off the mountain. It's that there were people in the other people in the back of the van. Right, right, and they had been. Um, Brought up, I mean, investigated several times for child abuse, child neglect, um, not feeding their kids as punishment. Um, one kid had been beaten severely over a, a stupid matter. I mean, it just so we we were talking about this for what five minutes before we went on yeah. air, and and this is why I'm right from from five <laughs> minutes ago is because what you have is you have freedom, and freedom has a lot of privileges. You're free to make a million bucks. You're free to give yourself a white nationalist haircut <laughs> to go with your red polo and arm tattoos. All right, baby. That's me. hundred percent. But what we've done as a culture with the kind of safety net, and again, not against safety net, we're not talking about social welfare, but the kind of safety net that we've created, it, it allows people to enjoy the benefits of freedom without the necessary responsibility. So you're free to reproduce, you're free to have kids, but there's responsibility that comes with it. And what you're talking about is this California couple didn't do the responsibility side so well. Right. And so how do you enforce the responsibility that comes with the benefits of freedom? Well, the hard part is um, if you if you live in a completely and totally um, free state, if, if liberty is your 100% highest value, yes. then you should also then be free to be a deadbeat dad, free to murder people, free to drug people and rape them, Bill Cosby. No, because I mean, when I do those things, I impinge on someone else's freedom. Right, which so, I should be free to do. <laughs> well, this is where libertarians are somewhat consistent, right? And it's yes. you're free to do whatever you want as long as you don't impinge on someone else's freedom to do what they want. Yes. And, and that's – I mean I've tried to poke holes in it, right? And again, as a Christian, that doesn't mean that you should do anything you want, right? But it's – the government shouldn't prohibit you from doing things as long as it doesn't impinge on the freedom of others. Right. Well, the problem is though that infringing on somebody else's freedom isn't quite far enough. You, you have to start then to develop rights, which we've done, Constitution, Bill of Rights, all these things. We say these things are the, the right of every person because it's it's really – I mean I can't just go and, and steal somebody's money because you, you wouldn't want to say that case is a case of you're impinging on their – You're impinging on my freedom. This is my money. Freedom to have money? <laughs> No, it's, it's freedom right. to enjoy the fruit of my labor. It's, no, it's it's a right. At that point, you're talking about a right, a right to privacy, a right to protection. The freedom and rights. Luke's are- parsing this out because he knows he's wrong about the internment <laughs> camps. Well, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I just am frustrated, so I, I want to put people in camps and murder them because I hate it when kids get beat up. But um, this is an interesting dynamic. I, I, I was kicking around this uh, a couple years ago. Um, if you think in terms of left, right. Democrat, Republican, what you've got is on one side people who value very highly uh, liberty, a freedom to do, freedom for agency. I get to make decisions. You can't tell me what to do. I'm in charge of me. On the other side, you have people who are, are their highest value is justice and making things equal and fair. And this is that that um, the inner city person needs the same opportunities as the suburban, as the the farmer, as the CEO, and so you get this. Whoop, there you go, left and right, and then equality of opportunity versus equality of outcome. Right. Okay. But what what the interesting? I can um, save your podcast a lot of time. <laughs> but what's interesting? Well, Sorry. that's not the interesting part. I think I think most people kind of get that kind of division is that the discourse in our country has pushed it to a level where you're kind of all in here or all in there. And most people, if you really sit down and, and poke you know, around in their head, they're going to start saying things like, well, 
I mean, I want liberty, I want freedom to do these things, but I think there should be some justice. Or I love justice, but I should also be free to That's why you're free to do whatever you want as long as it doesn't (laughs) impinge on someone else's freedom. And you you define what that is. I would argue – I mean first of all, let's let's, uh, let's deconstruct that, right? We're kind of cranky in the afternoon, aren't we? (laughs) You're wrong. (laughs) Let me quickly think of reasons why. No. I mean first of all, I I think Democrats and Republicans – this is kind of dangerous stuff. Jonah Goldberg's written some neat stuff about this in National Review about tribalism. Yep. And it's – it's one thing if you have a principled position on the right and a principled position on the left, Republican, Democrat. The problem is, is that there's no principles anymore. It's a tribal identity. I'm, I'm a Republican and whatever the Republicans say we're for, that's what I'm for. I'm a Democrat. Whatever the Democrats say I should be for, I'm right. for. And you've completely lost your principles. And I think you saw that on the left with the – I mean the left was against gay marriage for a long time. I mean yeah. – Staunchly against. So Larry Clinton was until 2013. And then all of a sudden, you have to get on board this train. And the left embraced, because I'm trying to get us back to our. Mm -hmm. They embrace gay marriage, and now it is that that's orthodoxy. Right. And if you are opposed to our position from four years ago, we don't only have a principal disagreement, you're the enemy, right? And Republicans, we're the party of limited government until we're in charge. Yeah. And now we have deficits that are as big as they were under Obama when we were, I mean, talking impeachment for dereliction of duty of signing a, a, a budget that's that far. And there's no principles. Right. And so <laughs> I think in a political debate, the question, what, what are your principles? And, and, and we're becoming tribalistic. Whatever the chief of the tribe says, that's what I'm for. Yeah. I'm reading a book right now, um, Sebastian Younger on tribes. It's a Excellent book. Um, and Seth Godin was the other guy I looked up. Seth mm-hmm. Godin's got a book on tribes. Both of them are very good reads. I think that um, it's, it's, we've, we've caught this thing um, correctly in our country that people – the human body, the human mind, the human experience has this idea that there ought to be freedom and there ought to be justice. And there is sort of almost – Almost this binary experience. I want to, to do what I want to do, but then most everybody has varying amounts, but almost everybody has some sense of compassion that there should be justice for somebody else. So there should be liberty and, and – um, Some sort of protections or safety yeah, net somewhere. There needs there needs to be a balance, but we're just bad at you – know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a 50-50. It's always 60-40, 70-30 and then to the extremes. We've got it to the point now where it's like to go ninety nine one <laughs> means you're a freaking liberal. <laughs> no, I'm not. I just think it'd be a good idea if we we did something nice for somebody else. <laughs> any legislation, any. I don't think the mythical average American wants freedom. I think the word sounds good, but if you describe freedom, which is there is no safety net. There is no – you are responsible for yourself, period. Right. I don't want and that. And that entails risk of you may die starving in a ditch. I don't, I don't want that. I'm, I, I'm, I'll tell you that I think there needs to be a, a social safety net for people born developmentally disabled. Sure. Right? Sure. And, and then I think there's this huge spectrum of there's, – there's a lot of people who just don't have hustle. There's a lot of people – Bernie Sanders just came out the other day and – and I think he said that he wanted to guarantee everybody in the country a job, <laughs> right? Right. Oh, that'd be awesome. But what, what, there's I know plenty guys. of room for you on Plantation Bernie. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's I know a terrible guys idea. Who all they can do is sit in their parents' basement and smoke weed. 
Like that's all they can do. They want the benefits of freedom without the responsibility. Yeah, but so Bernie wants to give him a job is, is my point. No, he needs to be hungry first. Then he'll go out and get himself a job. Right, right. But like I don't – I also don't think that guy should die. I'm not saying he should die. Right? So there should be a but social should, safety net. Then this gets tricky because if mom and dad want to splurge for Junior to sit in the basement and like smoke weed and eat Cheetos – uh, okay, but you're, no. You're, let's say mom and dad die in a horrific accident. They find out their lives have been a sham. They are happens all the time. Find it, I'm what just we, saying. Like, let's say his personal safety net goes away. Like, mom and dad kick him out of the okay. house. Well, there's no reason why he can't go to a homeless shelter. Which prisons? Is, there are plenty of prisons <laughs> and the workhouses. And back to my internment camps, which. You and Ebenezer Scrooge. I'm, right? I'm back at that spot of like, okay, like you just – if you can't, if you just can't, if all you can do is sit right. in the basement and smoke weed, welcome to Luke's Country Day Spa. Here's a hammer. We're going to need you to build some stuff. <laughs> we're, not, I mean, we're not paying More you. camps. <laughs> yeah. More God, camps for other people. Look, we need you to put these rifles together. It's not a good idea. I'm not really double downing on that. <laughs> that doesn't – that doesn't seem right. I mean, my idea wasn't any better. It's at each stage in life you vote somebody off. <laughs> you, you vote somebody into the camp, right? I mean, so when we were at seminary, right? Seminary survivor. Second year of seminary was seminary survivor. We averaged one dropout kick out a year. Mm-hmm. And what was weird was around the lunch table, we all kind of knew, because we would talk about this, oh, sure. we all kind of knew who wasn't going to make it. I yeah. mean, and with 90% accuracy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not that any money was exchanged in predicting certain <laughs> events. I made some good money. <laughs> but, it was, but we all kind of knew. And, and getting back to tribes, there's kind of wisdom in that tribe. Like we all know who the, weak, the weakest link is. Right. And there's the weakest link because it's not your fault and because we're the tribe, we owe it to you to protect you. And then there's the weakest link of you're just sitting in the basement smoking weed eating Cheetos. Right. And we don't want this – isn't, this isn't what tribal loyalty means. You're not helping the tribe. Right. But the and problem, you could be. But the problem is – You're choosing not to. So you put them on the iceberg and shove them out. Yeah. To so so then, you, then you violate all justice and you murder that guy, right? We just thought they were going to drop out a set. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying is at no, its core, no, but you we let don't them live. want to murder. Can we at agree some point, murder, not good? <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. It's not okay. murder. On the same but page. at some point, you let them live with the consequences of their actions. Right. Yeah. So so instead of Bernie forcing you onto the plantation, you say, hey, buddy, there's this. Why don't you try for a job here? Hey, we're hiring. Why don't you try? And if he keeps saying, no, 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 Cheetos, weed, basement, eventually you're like, all right. You know, I you don't know enough losers, man. I, I mean, I think that is honestly 25 percent of the U.S. population. And again, I'm not saying as a Christian, you shouldn't. <laughs> I'm talking about as no, no government culture, the kingdom of the left. Right. Um Kingdom of the left, right? <laughs> so such – it's right? so nap time right now. <laughs> Are you having your, your uh, carbohydrate crash? Right Prayer now? closet oh. hour. Yeah, no. No, it's – but at some, at some point, when do you stop putting resources into those people, right? I mean there's only so many resources to go around. Yeah, that's 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 my um, – the camp idea. Again, I don't think the camp is a good idea. But the idea is minimal resource – this is not enjoyable. I mean it's – What can they do to demonstrate their ability to leave the camp? Well, I think that there's there's jobs at the camp. They can't leave is what Luke <laughs> just said. Once you're, you're here forever. You can come and you will be required to um, 
to just be here. And if you can't get up and maybe there's some kind of factory um, assembly process, you want to do this, great. You can Maybe you can even gain some skills and ability. And then at some point in time, maybe you decide, you know, I could go out and be out in the real world and find a job like this. Then we say, God bless you, brother. Go in peace. And they go out, they get a job. But if, if they, you just want to sit there and Munch. stare at a, at a TV all day, and just, I know so many people that the and they are able-bodied, physically able to do it. But I think that there there's a lot of in our country. It's not we're, we're really hung up now talking about mental illness stuff. It's not mm-hmm. mental illness is is one of those words that's or phrases that's loaded because we think mental illness is way over here and it's you know severe debilitating right but it's it's gradation down to um you know clinical depression where somebody's always gloomy and it's really hard to when do they cross the line to a diagnosis yeah to like seriously depressed versus this is just he's just kind of that downer guy yeah and he's fine as a downer guy that's just the way he is yeah dave berglund <laughs> <laughs> we love you dave <laughs> But right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I thought you were going to stop breathing for a second. <laughs> right. Some, you know, so people's brains are wonky. And I, why are people's brains in our country so wonky? It's because I think historically those people died. Like they didn't make it too far. And I mean, something got him. I mean, you go back five thousand years, no and a lion him. got him. <laughs> Whatever. Or the fact that the lion could get him lit a fire under his butt, and he stopped smoking weed, eating Cheetos. No, he probably just got eaten. And that's cool. Like it just okay, removed right. from the gene pool. Cool. Or we kind of knew like that's just so that's the town drunk, and everybody gives him a dollar every so often. So we can go and buy mac and cheese, and we, that's how we deal with them. That's just crazy Uncle Eddie, right? Yeah. And now it's diagnosed, it's removal from the tribe. We don't like to be around people that make us uncomfortable, which is why I'm sitting way across the table from you. <laughs> we don't like being around people that are uncomfortable. That's why when, when people get sick, we don't take them home to be with family. We put them in a home away from us. Mm-hmm. It's why sick people, you go to the hospital. So, uh, hospitals are good, blah, blah, blah. But we don't like to be around people who are different. Mentally, if you have a you go you go over there to the to the house on a hill and yeah. we don't like to be around people that make us feel uncomfortable yeah it's survival instinct i mean it, we know that like it's so some so people, when i see someone who's different right this is a big deal you murder them that's no. Well, no where did this come from <laughs> i keep forgetting murder good or bad where did we land on that <laughs> luke murder is bad 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 god okay i'm <laughs> <laughs> still thinking about your burgling comment <laughs> His name came up at the call service, but anyway, I was talking to, well, I was talking to Napsker afterwards, and we were going through the list of Inclater. Yeah, yeah, Inclater, man, those Napsker and Inclater, those are two powerhouse names. I, I got to meet both of them. They should be. Well, I, I know both of them from. They're good looking guys. I'm just going to say it. They're, they're both good looking guys. This they're is sharp. Taking a weird turn. I'm trying to get us back on track. Okay, well, let's talk about how good how you find good looking men attractive. I didn't say I found them attractive. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? That they simply are attractive whether you find them to be or not? 
so, me about your feelings. So is that so is that genetic or is that a learned behavior? Ah, this is great. So that's a great question. Because we're twenty five minutes into this, it's time to. No, not really twenty five minutes. I always started five minutes late. of music. It's like Eighteen minutes in. No, I just started late so I can do some editing. That's how this. You don't. You don't need to care how the sausage is made. Speaking. Speaking of. of. <laughs> Glad we were on the same page there. <laughs> All right. Um, this is one of the things – Mike's going to fall over. This is one of the things that I If you'd like us to continue our discussion on whatever it was we were talking about, please <laughs> gonna need to comment email. below. Yeah. Um, is – what is biological? Is, is gender and sex connected to biology? This question I find fascinating. And I'm just going to toss it out there. Is gender and sex connected to physiology, biology? So define your terms. I don't want to because it's more fun if I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Because ironically, we've had had the left and the right switch sides on this. And it it absolutely – I love it. So the Christian right once upon a time would say – homosexuality is a choice it's not genetic and the left said no absolutely genetic uh you're born this way and the way you're born is the way you are okay now add transgender here (laughs) (laughs) now the left is like no i know he was born with with a penis but he's really not that way the way he was born with these because we've separated gender from sex and now penis doesn't mean and a y chromosome doesn't mean anything when it comes to what you are right but 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 we've we've flipped on it left and right have flipped it's so cool because the right now is saying well you know um the the way that you're born is a big deal and we need to be you know doing more research on biology and genetics and so and and the left is denying science and the left is going no 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 that's got nothing of course they're denying science because they're not my tribe everything they do is wrong (laughs) but no, I think what they're what, what they're trying to show is that I mean the right saying, look, just be, first of all, there's so much to say about this. I know. <laughs> and what's also interesting, all right, I'll, I'll I'll play along. What's also interesting is the left used to say that there's no rigid gender stereotypes, Re, and right. now they're saying that if you feel like a woman, you're not an effeminate man, you're a woman. Whereas now the right saying, no, there may be guys that like you know girly things. It doesn't make you a woman. It makes you an effeminate guy. Right. And it's actually interesting to me to watch the left become more intolerant of diversity within gender. Yeah. They're the ones saying, if you feel a certain way, that makes you a girl. If you think a certain way, that makes you a boy. Right. Instead of saying, you're just a guy that likes to play with dolls or you're a girl that likes to skin her knees. Yep. Whereas someone like me is perfectly fine with there's going to be effeminate dudes out there. Yeah. There's going to be guys that wear skinny jeans. Sure. That's fine. <laughs> there's going to be girls that like can bench a lot. Okay, that doesn't make you a guy. It makes you a girl that likes to bench a lot. Right. And I would say the same thing when it comes to sexual preference. You're a guy that likes other guys. Is that God's plan and design for – no, it's a result of the fall. But that doesn't make you a woman. Correct. Um, What what I find interesting about the whole discussion is the – the way we're talking about it from both sides is starting to fail. What is what, one of the biggest um, challenges? The groups that challenge the um, transgender, or I should say it this way, two groups that are surprisingly in conflict with each other, is the transgender community and feminism. So say more. Ah, it's so interesting. So 
feminism for the longest time has been saying there is no difference. If, whether you're a man or a woman does not matter. Does not matter. The gender is nothing. And now the transgender community is saying it actually does matter a lot to me. And feminism for the longest time said it doesn't matter if you have a penis or a vagina. And transgender people are saying it does really matter <laughs> if I have a penis or a vagina. That's why they go and have the surgeries. So but, the, but, but, but the distinction is in, in the feminist agenda, it's in there's no difference in ability. And the transgender community is saying there's, there is a difference in identity. Well, that's, that's where there's a – I should have done homework. I don't ever want to do homework for this podcast. I'm just trying to know things. There is a if, – If we get up to 10,000 followers, you'll start doing homework. Is, start that, doing is that how this homework. works? Yeah. There is a very popular, prominent feminist. If Luke ever monetizes this, he promises to read more books. <laughs> That's right. There's a, this, this very popular feminist, and I can't remember her name, but she's come under great fire from the transgender community because her stance on transgender, um, especially when it's, it's women who are um, tra- transitioning to men. Because from their perspective, they're like, no, a penis doesn't make you better. And, and the transgender person is like, no, you don't understand. It'll make me better. Yeah, so they're, they're having this, yeah. this yeah. conflict, which I find – Fascinating that um, we're having this debate over does biology and physiology correspond with gender and sex? And it's it's probably useful even to kind of pull those things apart a little bit because I know that a lot of good God-fearing Christian conservatives want to stand up and say there are only two genders. This is not true. Everybody knows it's not true. Even those good God-fearing Christian right-wing nutjob. You're looking at me. Yes, because that's what you are. <laughs> there were originally, before the fall, only two genders. Can we agree on that? We can probably agree on that. You can't disagree with me on that because yeah. I'll press but charges I'm... and you'll lose your ordination. And you'll be living <laughs> in someone's basement eating Cheetos, smoking pot. Is it Cheetos? It's not Cheetos, is it? Yeah, it is Cheetos. You wouldn't be eating Cheetos. You'd be eating some like falafel or something. Falafel? If you were smoking pot. <laughs> You'd be eating no, granola. Man. In the beginning, in the beginning, there were originally only two genders. That's not how that verse ends. And so now, as a result of the fall, you were going to say about gender. <laughs> so there are – well, and that's even an interesting conversation. What would have happened had there been no fall? It's all speculation, but – There'd be no internment camps. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but if, so we all, we all today recognize that there's at least – Four genders. There is. You told me about this last week, and I've been thinking about it, but not too much. It, there is boy, girl, man, woman. Those are genders. Yes. You you still have yet to define either gender <laughs> or sex. So well, when you define gender, maybe. Well, this is where I was. I got freaking messed See, up. See, he's not going to define it. Well, because I, I got messed up because I was doing research for a class I taught here at Living Faith. And I was like, you You'll know, do research for a class, but not for this podcast. Correct. <laughs> you're, you're starting. Yeah, I'm glad you're paying attention. <laughs> I drove 25 minutes to be here. <laughs> I'm always ready for you, baby. Um, so I, I got to thinking about this, about the genders and and just kind of doing some reading on it. And that phrase, gender is a social construct, used to piss me off. I'd be like, what do you mean it's a freaking – no, it's not. You, you either got the, the, the franken beans or you got the taco, right? Like those are your two options, penis, vagina, this is it. 
And then I started to think about, well, there is a difference between a boy and a man. What is that difference between a boy and a man? I hope, what is I, the I hope you're not going to say we're going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> For instance, man is on this side of the table. Boy, Duncan, is on your side of the table. Just so. It's, it's, Although you can it's, grow a better beard than I can. It's interesting how you see me. Overnight. <laughs> so what is... Are you grooming me right now? Is that what ew. this is turning into? Oh. You know, no definition of the word grooming <laughs> is appealing <laughs> when I put it in context of you. No. Just so you're, we're clear. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what would you say right now today is the difference between a boy and a man? And then we're going to kind of work backwards in time a little bit. So right now, what's the difference between a boy and a man? You're going to say the difference is their ability to procreate. Mm-mm. I mean, I don't think that's true. I know some 30-year-old boys. So what you said last week, because I'm still, I'm still – I, I still haven't thought through this because I don't think I agree. I think it's – there's a natural maturation within genders that is connected to biology, but it doesn't change gender. I don't disagree with any of that, but I think it does change gender. I, th- I think it is intimately connected to biology. It changes what's socially acceptable within gender. And that's what is malleable. So that's why I'm saying that, that boys, society looks down on their ability to have sex, right? We've said up to a certain age, none of that. And then once you hit it, then there's this gray area where you can, but we kind of frown against it, but it's not illegal – and then unless it's with someone who's older and then then once you turn 18, like it's fair game, then you're a man. You can do whatever you want with whoever you want and society's not going to punish you for it. So is, a, is that is that where you're going? No, I don't. Not at all. OK. Where are you going? I think that um, right now when we think of man, um, we've got a little bit of, of the right um, toxic masculinity stuff, which I'm not – at all on on the same page as toxic mask, but that stereotype of big, strong. I like guns and trucks and drink beer and yell loud and I and I screw lots of chicks and I me man me uh, yeah, yeah and then you've got um, the the thing that is before that <laughs> and that's a boy <laughs> and I, I don't think that's correct, but it used to be it used to be once upon a time. You, you kind of get to a point where you're able to take responsibility for a family and it blows people's mind. But even sitting in this room when I was teaching that class, I had people who were um, talking about when they were younger their, or their parents for sure graduate from eighth grade, mm-hmm. take over the family farm. So you're talking the difference between consumer producer. Kind of. And sometimes for some people, they were said, you know, my uncle, um, his parents died and he had to just raise the family. He was, you know, like 13 years old. He was now responsible for the family farm. He was this. He was this. Nothing to do with procreation, but he was now a man. See, here's why. So I would disagree that that's that makes different genders because there is an expectation that when you become a certain age or a certain size, that you're going to become a producer instead of a consumer. Right. But if it's two separate genders, well, they just haven't become their next gender yet. Yeah. So they're a boy and they're still – oh, oh. well, the reason why little Jimmy's in the basement eating Cheetos smoking pot is because he's a boy. Yeah. But I can't tell little Jimmy you need to be a man because little Jimmy's not a man. He's still a boy. Oh No, I think this is our problem. 
I think you're, you're describing symptoms. I'm, I'm sitting here going, uh-huh, 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 because you're right. That's the problem is that – But it wouldn't be a problem if little Jimmy's a boy and not a man. No, we need, we need, to, we need to reintroduce to families, to society and to culture – Be a man. These concepts, men and women because right now – I see where you're going. OK, good. Because it used yeah, yeah, to be yeah, – yeah. I one, think I do. Yeah. Once upon a time, it was Unless eighth grade. make – change your mind halfway through. Yeah, which I am gender fluid. So I don't know if you knew that. Any time in here, I could change my mind on gender. That Not like gender fluid. I mean gender fluid. There's <laughs> my phone. <laughs> you had you had a half dozen people you could call to sit in this chair. This is one of my favorite things in the world. When we go to pastors' conferences, on my phone, <laughs> the name of my phone is non-binary gender fluid. So <laughs> when we go to the pastors' conferences, everybody's looking for Wi-Fi, and I turn the Wi-Fi on on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, I see heads turning. People are like, who's the asshole? And then when somebody does want to borrow it, because their they're internet's slow, they like, dude, can I get the passes to the non-binary gender fluid internet access? I say, sure. The password is Luke is my hero. Go ahead and type that. I've had people not borrow internet because they couldn't type that phrase. John Connor, I'm looking at you. It's, I refuse. I refuse to type that anywhere. Fair enough. <clears throat> so back to gender. I, here's the here's the issue that it used to be this this eighth grade, and then some men went on to secondary high school and and got another specialization, whatever it might be. But they were kind of seen as men coming out then as something business person, whatever it might be. Delayed gratification. Yeah, I'm going to delay my working on the farm after eighth grade, so when I Get done with whatever I'm doing here. I can be a better producer. But we we considered them men somewhere, and I and I haven't done enough reading to figure this out. But somewhere that changed, and high school became a place where boys and girls go to school because eighth grade stopped being no you, nobody should stop at eighth grade. Everybody, and I, I'm not saying we should stop people <laughs> going to school in eighth grade. I'm just saying that that we we've, we've put people in this holding pattern where. Um, physiologically, they've gone through puberty. They're and, ready for producing. Yeah, th- their body is going, dude. You are a man, and and for girls, okay. are saying, dude, you are a woman. And culture is going, you're a boy and you're a girl. And that that sort of discord uh, of these two things, their bodies telling them one thing and the world telling them another thing, is is tragic and it's such a hard thing for them. And then we even so then you would you were a man or a woman and you graduated from high school. And then some of those men and women went to college. And then somewhere that changed. And college became the playground of big boys and big girls. And But it was always – because, I mean, this is, I think, our generation. At least I would say this of my classmates. Most of us kind of felt four years of college was this transition from boy to man. But everybody kind of knew when you graduated. So let me tell you why you're right. Let me tell you why you're right. Oh, I already know. My dad's generation, and I think that trickled down to me and why I kind of looked at college different from other people when I went, and maybe you did too, college was the equivalent of my 18 to 22-year-old job, whereas I think yeah. now people view it as like this four years of you can just screw around. Well, I, But I viewed college as like I am here, I am doing a job, I'm not getting paid, but this is my job. And so that's kind of a adult man version looking at college, whereas eh, I can just kind of mess around here and whatever. And after four years, eh, I got a communications degree. 
Right. <laughs> Somebody owes me a job. So I think you can do college Ernie? as an adult, male or female, but your, your tendency would then be to look at it as a job. Yes. Delayed gratification, this serves a purpose versus I don't want high school to end and so now I have to pay a lot of money to continue to be a kid and there are these classes I got to go to. So my – I think my experience in college was a mix of that. I think it was. I think it was transition. The parts you remember. Yeah. The part, see, there you go. Because I treated college like a job, but I treated it like a life job. Where, so what I did is, as I mapped out every day, I basically said I'm working nine to five. Um, now that obviously isn't consistent when you've got earlier classes than, right. than nine and later classes. But I figure I'm, I'm putting in eight hour workdays, and if I put in five eight hour workdays, I'm, I'm going to do as good as I'm going to do. And I, I should get used to this right now, treat it like a job. But then, I mean, at, at night or when I wasn't working, air quotes, right? I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> a big kid goofing off. But but I could feel this transition. And I, and I, I actually kind of treated seminary in, in, in a lot of ways similar to that. But it was like now I'm th- – that was the mindset of a lot of my friends was graduate from college – College is now behind you. That was a time for, for fun and games and, and boyish charm. And now I got to be a dude. I got to be a man. I got to get a job, you know, let the corporate world break my back, working for the man, whatever it is. Now I'm like my dad. Yeah. Right? Because when I, when I was in college and seminary, it wasn't like just like dad. Because my first memory of dad was the guy that left the house every morning to go to work and came back at the end of the day. Yeah. Because that to me, is that's what a dad is. That's what a man is mm-hmm. because I didn't know him when he was a boy or a 20 something or whatever. So I think you're right about that, that a lot of it has to do with that crossing over has to do with when you, the, what was your dad to you? Right. But now we got, what we have now are people graduating from college, not getting a job. Um, some of that's because the market. Some of this because millennials are are morons. Um, but it's this this transition now to well, college is over, so I'm going to take my 20s, and in my 20s, I'm going to backpack Europe, and then I'm going to do this, and I'm going to live in my. The number of people living in their parents' basement until they're 30, the, or the number of people just, I mean, they're. We have lost these these natural points of now you have to be a man, now you have to be a woman. All the benefits of freedom without any of the responsibility. That's a big, big part of it. So how do you – but is it any of my business that some guy's in his parents' basement? How does it affect me that there's large unproductivity? I mean I'm looking at my kids going, so if these are the people they're competing with for jobs, (laughs) everyone else's kid can eat Cheetos in the basement as much as they want because my kids will then excel – in this brave new world that's being created. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree. So selfishly, I don't mind it at all because I, I've said I'm the willing, same thing to my kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they're going to kill this thing just just because they work. Because you showed up. Right. Um, but I, I mean, the the crux of that of that line of thinking for me is that gender. As I started thinking along those lines, all of a sudden I went, "Oh, gender is a social construct, not in such that." that we get to make up things and say that I, I have a gender of today know, I'm a unicorn. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I feel like a unicorn today. And that's my choice. Um, but but we're losing strict um, universal definition. And that's interesting. I don't know how bad it is or how good it is, 
But I know that um, to divorce all of that thinking from physiology, which is, is what we've done, is dangerous. And it's, it leads to thinking um, that just paralyzes social thought, social movement, because you, you end up with these identity politics, which is one of my least favorite things because it gets so granular and insular that at some point you can't even have a discussion because when, when you know you're in, in um, um, th- these kind of political discussions with somebody when they say, well, as a single white cisgendered female uh, country born blah blah and it gets down to the point that now this is my perspective what you're saying is you could never understand this the same way I understand this we can come to no common understanding whatsoever because my identity has become so specific and your identity is so specific that as uh, a cisgendered white male from the suburbs of wherever I grew up kind of all over the place Blah, blah, blah. I understand it this way. Okay, these two things can never, these two thoughts can never find a common ground because of our differences. So that's the real danger in, in, in this line of thinking is that you get so granular and insular. There's zero, zero commonality. And we become a nation of individuals um, that, that can't even hold conversations. But fortunately, that's not what Twitter looks like today. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly how I would end that sentence. <laughs> We're screwed. We're already there. We're so screwed. <laughs> so what's next? So I mean, right now we we are we're living in um, to boil our culture down, hyper postmodernism. In that, not only isn't there objective truth, it's impossible for me to put myself in your shoes and understand your truth. Well, and again, as a Christian, we know that's all wrong. I mean, uh, right, when, right. but but it's <laughs> that's your don't kick me out of the LCMS disclaimer. <laughs> ex- there's been several of them in the last 47 minutes. Yeah, no, it, it's <laughs> <laughs> not that I think this, but here's what I think. <laughs> um, what is next? Pete Nafsker noticed, by the way, he brought up the uh, your Facebook post. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> and so did Ben oh. helped. Yeah, I figured Ben would. Ben, ben whispers in your ear. He does. <laughs> does he control your thoughts? I wish. He's way smarter than me. If he controlled my thoughts, I'd He's have a, a way year. better He's job. He's one of those five years. Yeah. He w- he just made better decisions than you, Luke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> and in fact, the only bad decisions he ever made, I was the driving factor. <laughs> I was there. Ben, I know where the, the bodies are buried because I was holding a shovel. Um. Where were we? So right. So, so where so where does it go from here? From a from a predominant culture view, which says truth is truth is relative, and because you're not like me, you can't understand me. So any 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 reason why we would communicate with each other to come to a better understanding of something is going to prove futile. Yes. Um, so where do we go from there? Well, here's Tribal, the, the answer is tribalism. Tribalism. But here's I'm going to find a bunch of cisgent whatever that is, males. That are yes. like me and we're going to try to impose as much of our will as possible to get as much of the pie as we can on those who are weaker. Yes. And in fact, this is happening right now. Um, the Toronto – so when we're recording this, it is April 29, 27. April 27th, um, the Toronto drive over people with a bus thing just happened. Yes. That guy was an incel. Do you know what an incel is? For the sake of our listener, why don't you tell us? <laughs> 
I love this. <laughs> An involuntary celibate. Meaning no one will screw this guy. <laughs> so, so it is – I kid you not. I, I only did a little bit of research on this because I don't want it in my Google history. <laughs> this is one of those things where private browsing, you know, close the porn windows. And now <laughs> Google incel and find that there is a group of people who call themselves involuntary celibates. These are dudes. You know, if they got together – yeah. Well, well it's they, all dudes. They could screw themselves, <laughs> which I think they should. Kick yourself right <laughs> <laughs> Screw yourself. Um, so so in the world of Tinder, there are still guys that can't figure Tinder out. Well, the and the weird thing is these groups online, they, they connect with each other. They, they talk to each other. They encourage each other. And there's this whole huge Reddit thread out there right now of people who are hailing this guy as a hero – because they're in this, as you were just saying, this little tribe of people called incels. And with the the tools that we have today, because it used to be if you were involuntary. Because now you'll go to prison and then your involuntary celibacy will become involuntary <laughs> non servitude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Justice is served. Hallelujah. Everybody say cheese. All right. No, so the um, – <laughs> The the incel used to be b- before we could have. How much time did you spend private <laughs> private browsing? This? <laughs> uh, what was that? That's <laughs> uh, from a song. I I'm constantly quoting <laughs> song lyrics, and I apologize for that. It's from uh, Robert Earl Keane. Welcome to or uh, Merry Christmas from the family. Hallelujah! Everybody say cheese. No, all right. It doesn't help. It's a yeah. <laughs> it's a great song. Comment below. <laughs> so, anyways, anywho, um, it used to be that these these incels were were just that dude in your town that was weird. I mean, it didn't really matter what he looked like because ugly people get laid all the time. That happens. Um, it's it's that guy that you're like, there's something off with this dude right and no girl will go near him but he's all by himself alone in the corner crying and it's sad i'm not i'm not saying this is a good thing the good thing was he was isolated now enter the internet and these guys find each other and it becomes so there's no social norming now because i don't need to because i have my tribe Got a tribe, and that tribe is online, and that line, that online tribe all got together. And man, we are really stoked about this guy. He he's one of us. And you know what he did? He drove a bus over a bunch of people. Yeah, that's going to show them. And blah blah blah. And it's holy shit. We we've got some real issues with, and and this is why I don't like this identity politics because his identity is one of those things where when you run down this road of <clears throat> everybody's personal identity is their personal identity. It's important to them. You get nut jobs, these incels. One of the one of the few good things about high school, and there's only a few. <laughs> high school is we'll have a podcast on what should replace I love high, high school. school. Man, you know what I like about high school girls? I get older, they stay the same age. Quoting movies. <laughs> movies are song lyrics, that's all I got. <laughs> Days and Confused is one of the best ever. It holds up too. If you watch it today, it's just as good as it was ten years ago. Hands down. Anyways, go ahead. Good thing about high school? Social norming. 
right? I have to get along with people that I don't like. I have to get along with people that are different than me, speak a different language because I'm with, I'm trapped in the same prison as they are all the time. And so I learned to, to know people that are different, to get along with them. Now there are these social isolation chambers on the internet where I don't need to learn how to get along with the guy with the neck tattoo or the guy that's parents, you know, whatever people who are different. I just ignore him. Right. So the guy who's alone in isolation, it bugs him that he's in isolation because nobody else is. And so he's going to try to think of ways, how can I get out of isolation? And unfortunately, like you're saying, a lot of times the harder they try, the further away they go. Yeah. And it's also not good to go the other direction um, from identity politics and say everybody's the same because everybody no. is not the same. No, 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 they're not. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. It's no. not helpful either. So we, we've got to – But there's norming that takes place when everyone's forced to exist in the same yard, play yeah. in the same yard. Yeah. I mean I, I mean, it's, it's – so I may not like football – but if the guys are playing football, I'm going to try to pretend that I like football. Yes, kind yep. of thing. And we've we have done, uh, unfortunately, and I, so I have a kid in, who's going into ninth grade, um, and all the way down because I have too many children. If anybody wants a kid, uh, yeah, let me know. All the things with Luke Tim at gmail dot com. I'll let you take your pick. <laughs> Can have as many as you like. Um, <clears throat> but they they've done a lot of work, and in a lot of ways, it's very good to reduce the amount of conflict and. Um, just those challenges where two groups, you know, like you were saying, have to learn how to get along with people who are different from you. They've, they've gotten to a point where they've softened those edges to try and keep everybody kind of in a bubble and not bumping into each other. Um, Chris Rock has got a hilarious bit on this that it's all the anti-bullying stuff that has, has got us Donald Trump. Because mm-hmm. for the last 10 years, we've been combating bullying, no bullying, no bullying, and, and we've not had to deal with nearly as much bullying. And then along Here comes, comes a, a real bully. bully. And we don't know how to fight back. <laughs> we didn't know what the fuck to do. We were like, what? I guess you're president here. Just have it. Don't hurt me. Take my milk money. <laughs> right. It was awesome. I think he's, but again, I don't think bullying is good, and I'm glad we're working against it. But there's a level. Of so we had a bully back in seventh grade. I can't wait to hear about your bully. We had we had a, a bully, and he another kid actually paid this guy to be his bodyguard because he got picked on. And somehow a, a friend of mine, Sam Bristol, big shout out to my liberal friend Sam Bristol. <laughs> um, we did crew together. We we're, we're nothing alike, but we're friends on fit. Anyway, it's one anyway. Um, so this bully, this big angry like bully. And little Sam was like this skinny, nerdy guy. And the bully took a charge at Sam and Sam just punched him in the nose and put him flat on his back. And it was interesting. I didn't know Sam very well before that, really after the not, but enough. The confidence he got from, I put the bully on his back. I bloodied his nose. I can do that. Mm -hmm. And now he's successful. He's confident. He went out in varsity sports, all that kind of stuff. If there and not bullies aren't good, but if there was no bully, Sam never would have stood up to the bully and never would have realized from age thirteen I can do this. Yeah, I, I have a. I agree. I, There's I, no potential for David and Goliath moments, right? And that's not to say bullying's good. Bullying's bad. We shouldn't do it. Limited exposure, I think, is limited exposure. That's useful. And, and because then exposure. the bully got up and was going to destroy Sam, and then the PE teacher came over and tackled yes. him. Right. So, <laughs> like you said, limited exposure. Yeah. So I had a. Uh, um, it's not that similar, but when I was in 
fourth grade. We had a, the classic junior high dance, and it was fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. Oh. Or maybe I was, no, I was in fifth grade because there's only one year ahead of me. So I must have been either I was in fourth and he was in, in fifth, or I was in fifth. And you he was went in to sixth. The, good Lutheran school. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So you know, you have to dance with the hands on the shoulder and, and on the hips. Leave, and no purpling. No purpling. Yeah, leave room for the Holy Spirit. All that kind of stuff. Um, so you were dancing this, with this guy who was two years older than you. I was, yeah. Which was, <laughs> were you hands on shoulders or hands on hips? <laughs> we were both hands on hips. When you think about it, it's the only way to go. Uh-oh. We're both tops, aggressive tops, doms, absolutely. Anyways, um, so you're jockeying for foot position, right? <laughs> <laughs> Handholds. Right? <laughs> you had an underhook on the guy. Come to think it about it, it was more like wrestling, and I did wrestle a lot in high school and college. Dang, that's eye opening. That's <laughs> where it all began. <laughs> so, so you were getting low on this guy, anyways. <laughs> anyways, other kid in our class, um, Eric. I can't remember Eric's last name. Great guy though. Uh, but he he lived on a farm, and wasn't we lived in a small town, so farms were only like just over there. Was, but like for some reason, he came from a farm, and he'd come in with with these dirty blue jeans and boots on because he had just done work. Like he got up in the morning and milked cows and stuff. And so this guy Matt Towler, who I can say his name because he's dead now. Um, and I think it was a traumatic death, if I remember right. But it's been a long time. Anyways, he was picking. He and this one other kid were picking on Eric. And he was just sitting there crying. And they're like, oh, you stupid farmer with your shit kickers on and blah, blah, blah. I mean, because the only clothes Over he had. Over the top. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the only clothes he had to wear to the dance were like his farm boots. So I came up to kind of try and be a little bit of a like, hey, you know, let's, uh, let's go over here, whatever. And Matt Teller is like, oh, look at you, the principal's kid. And I punch him in the face. I panicked. <laughs> <laughs> because... I just – in that moment, I was like, OK, if like in, in a split second, a thousand thoughts went through my head and it was if this – Every single one of them ends with you – Punching him in the face. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I needed to get ahead of this because if this goes down a road of physical confrontation – You want to go first. Yeah. Eric's crying. He's in no shape. There's two of them. They're older than me. If I could- <laughs> If I'm going to land a punch, it's the first one. <laughs> so I just – he hardly said a, he was like what are you gonna do you flap I <laughs> <laughs> just knocked him on his ass everything goes <laughs> crazy Eric's now all he's like oh we're gonna get to fight <laughs> so, like, <laughs> teachers are pulling people apart <laughs> my dad's my dad was a principal in my dad's office he was like what happened I go they're picking on Eric <laughs> so you punched him yeah <laughs> I mean I didn't really – what were you thinking? I didn't really think at I all. I was thinking I'm going to punch him. <laughs> like, I, I have two older brothers. I know if you don't get the first punch in, there's a good chance you're not getting one in. <laughs> and usually the kid that throws the second punch is the one that gets in trouble, right? So you're going <laughs> – worst scenario, he punches me and gets hauled off. Right. But it was like he, he just kind of sat on his butt like – I mean, I bloody nose and everything. But he just kind of sat down like, what happened? And his friend is just like – what did you do? <laughs> now Eric's like, yeah, and he's jumping up and like it just. There was not another punch thrown. <laughs> it was just weird, man. <laughs> My very first fight, I was so excited. And about that's it. when you became a man. And that's and moved when I to the second gender. A man, once you draw blood, I didn't draw first blood. I didn't draw first blood. Rambo, first blood. 
You've derailed. Nothing but. All right, back what'd to. You, what'd you have for lunch? <laughs> I had a bucket of meat. You saw it. Meat and cheese. cheese. Low carb, man. Got to give up on your carbs. That's that's what your problem I, is. I, <laughs> that's got to be. What is your diet like? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I eat food. Everything. <laughs> I eat the things in front of me. Um, but I – so back to um, this correlation between physiology and biology and gender and sex. This is another thing that because we've tried to pull these things apart, the LCMS and, and I think Christians in general are way behind on this because we are not willing to look at physiological, biological differences and try and say that there is something about this that matters when it comes to gender and sex. So um, the LCMS is, is quick to say, well, there's only two genders. Well, I, I think I can make a case for at least four. And by the way, I think – But I don't think you have. I, I, Boy, girl, man, woman. But one's the natural result. One is – it has to do with, with – yeah. I think that's – They're yeah. not distinctions. It's, it's a progression and I would, I would agree with you that there comes a time when – and what defines each is we expect you to be a consumer. We expect you to be a producer. Well, yeah, it's generally it's, it's like a color spectrum. Like you've, you've got green, you've got blue, and then you've got whatever the hell the dolphins wear. <laughs> right? What is that? I don't Sea think foam? they're different. I think it's one. It's it's like a metamorphosis. Yeah, you got like caterpillar moth. You start blue, you end up green. In the middle, you've, you've got this thing called puberty. But but a boy is a boy, and a man is a man. Now, and again, there's transition time in there where you're like. Like I've got a fourteen-year-old who's. But I'm pretty sure that my boy, when he goes through puberty, is going to come out a man. So I think you have. This to is a good question. Will he come out of the finish the trans transition? Such a loaded. Because yeah. I just think of <laughs> Silence of the Lambs and. <laughs> what What about those people who um, start a gender, boy or girl, and switch those genders? What is what is your thought on that? I don't think they do. No. No. Why not? What does it mean to switch your gender? I mean, I think you have men that are living as if they were women, right? And, and again, let's get away from surgery, right? We're not talking. Right, right. We're not talking surgery. We're just talking whatever. A guy, a man who thinks he's a woman, I would argue, in in most cases. What does it mean? Do we really want to have rigid understandings of what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman? Again, if you want to play with Barbie dolls as a boy, it doesn't make you a girl. If you want to wrestle as a girl, it doesn't make you a boy. And I think this is where, again, the liberals have taken a very hardline approach on if you favor certain things, that changes your gender. Because to say that I, I feel like a woman, I identify as a woman with an XY makeup – how do I know what it feels like to be an XX? I don't. I'm assuming that what I feel is woman when really what it is is feminine man, right? Or man that likes dolls. Right. And as a culture, we've said men don't do dolls. Right. But I, again, so I, I, there's some biology there though too because the, the way that children and adults develop through that process – um, has a physiological component of hormones and, and um, expression of genes that y- 
you can I, – I've heard people on the left argue over and over again that there is no difference. Everybody is tabula rasa and then if you give girls girl things, they become girly. If you give boy boy things, they become boy-y. Um, that's bullshit. <laughs> I've done this experiment six right. times in my house. <laughs> because the boys don't want to play with the girl things and the girls don't want to play with boy things. And it's physiological. It's yeah. because of, of testosterone, estrogen, all of androgen is is technically the thing that expresses I'm not I'm not an endocrinologist, but I'm bringing this up because there's a great example, one of my favorite examples because again, did not prepare for this class, but for my last class. What's on your laptop? You opened up your laptop. Uh, because I wanted to go to um, East German swim team. <laughs> remember, remember these people? <laughs> the exception to the rule proves the rule, but go ahead. No, no. I, I don't think this is an exception to the rule at all. I think this is indicative of the issue. So Andreas Krieger, who used to be Heidi, <laughs> right? She says – this is her quote um, – East German medical doctor testified um, that the drugs had been given had contributed to his transsexuality. He had already had thoughts about it, but in his words, the effects of doping deprived him of the right to find out for myself which sex I wanted to be. There's this whole you, you can there's a documentary on on this person and all of the stuff that they went through. Um, they'll tell you that there were some questions. Add a, a shit pile of testosterone to that, became a dude. Uh, oh, oh, okay. So that that is one of our. Um, I think that the one of the driving forces in this is biology. I think we have biological components at play when it comes to gender dysmorphia, and that's not. I mean, if you look up, so there are girls that are born that just have this unnatural craving for testosterone. I well, there there are so. There are over 40 different um, sex chromosome disorders. And this is other, sure. another crazy thing is sure. the um, incident rate is about 1 in 400 to 1 in 500 people. So how many people are members of your church? Sure. 800? Right. So you, you have at least two in no, your I church. No, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> yes, you and, do. and the reason why I don't is because people that suffer from those things, unfortunately – aren't going to feel as welcome in an LCMS no, congregation. No, no, that's not true. No, it's not true. You don't think so? I don't because they're not as dramatic as you think. Like Turner syndrome. Okay, I'm talking about the maybe I'm talking about the more serious. Well, there that's that's the thing. There's over 40 of them. So I know two people with Turner syndrome. Sure. Turner syndrome is this thing where I don't know, there's I think it's a XYY or maybe just an X without a Y, whatever it is. Um, Google Turner syndrome. And what you end up having is at some point in time, parents say, you know, my daughter just isn't growing and just not going through any, any changes at that magical changey time. And so after extensive tests, they go, Oh, your, your kid has Turner syndrome. And so what do they do? They, they put them on this whole regime of big uh, cocktail, the cocktail of, of these testosterone, estrogen, and whatever they do. But these these mm-hmm. these drugs that physiologically kickstart their system to transition. So I'm saying if we can we can verify that the biology plays a part in sexual and I and I mean that in the wedding tackle <laughs> means of the term, that the sexual and even gender. Because gender itself So Gender is even driven a lot by hormones and other so interestingly, 
the team that is pushing for gender fluidity and all this kind of stuff actually wants to norm people into two genders. We either want you to end up as a man or a woman. We don't want you to live your life with Turner syndrome and just see where that goes. Well, this is the whole thing is, is so now you've got – Because people- we've said that that's not desirable for whatever we want. And so we're going to give you the cocktail. Well, that's it's under fire right now because you've you've got yeah. the, the one side yeah. saying no, 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 no. Gender is nothing but got no physiological, biological component, nothing but a social construction. And you've got this kid who's like, no, I mean, look, <laughs> we did the test. <laughs> her her sex chromosome gene forty seven X Y Y whatever it is, it's it's biological. And and look, we can give her things and change her biology. Mm-hmm. And and they want to say, but that you shouldn't do that because that's the way they were born and they were born this way. Don't change their gender. That would be akin to saying uh, you're born a woman in a man's body, live as a woman. So you, you get this, this disconnect now where they're saying cut off the penis to be the real you the way you were born. And you go, whoa, that's a that's a drastic physiological shift. They go, yeah, absolutely. Cut the penis off to be the woman you really are. Well, what about this little girl who um, has far too much testosterone, not enough estrogen, is not developing correctly? Well, don't do anything physiological to change that. That's who she is. You can't freaking have it both ways. It doesn't work. So let's so – we're pastors. So let's bring in theology. <sighs> Right? We have to. Let's bring in the Christian perspective. I'm opening some right. coffee. This isn't going to be boring because yeah, because I – Pinky up on that can. Here you go. Oh, you <laughs> oh, came all the way over here. <laughs> all right. You got a carbonated espresso. That's weird. I was not prepared for that. <laughs> so OK. So we believe Adam and Eve in the garden, God makes male and female. Correct. Right. And any – Deviations from the, that that what we assume to be the ideal genetic code is a result of sin. And so the question then for us as Christians is: Do you leave? So they're born they're born a certain way. Does that mean that's good? And then should we seek to make people into the genetic ideals that we believe Adam and Eve were? See, I love this because philosophically, ideologically, you can't have it both ways, and. Mm-hmm. And both sides of the the debate outside of the church want to have it both ways. Christians – And we're not talking about – let me make sure we're on the same page. We're not talking about the kid who is is genetically a guy. I think I'm a woman. Okay, we're going to turn Jimmy into Jametta. We're not talking about that, (laughs) right? (laughs) Correct? Yes. Because that I would argue is you're just confused. Well, there's – there are – there are – We're talking about at the genetic level – there's inconsistencies with what we consider to be right. the God's plan and design for male and female. Right. A, a biological tweak of the genetics. Something went um, haywire. I, I think um, – and if, if you look – if you do – and I, I only did cursory research on this and it was like eight months ago. So I didn't private remember. browsing? But <laughs> Private browsing? Private browsing. Definitely right. always Google with private browser, especially when church internet's involved. Um, so this is how it's done. So you put your finger – here. I shook it first. That was my, that was, and my then it just then you're good. No no splatter. <laughs> so um, the a, a binary genetic uh, transfer of data 
it's clearly the design of humanity. You can't you can't say that because one in four hundred at, at the most, or one in five hundred somewhere in there, that there is um, a, a change or a difference. You can't say, well, that's part of the design. Like, no, that that is an outlier. And, and outliers e- exist. And even evolutionists would, would have to agree with that and say, this is a genetic mutation that does not lead to greater survivability. Therefore, it's undesirable. You know what I found a lot recently is um, evolutionary biology is really useful to understand Christianity and theology. It's a whole other topic for another time. But that is this mm-hmm. is one of those cases where evolutionary biology goes – Oh, no, it's, it's a binary thing, and it's good. Well, evolution should say that over time the genetic mutations should lead to greater, should lead to greater survivability. Yes. And in every instance in the genetic makeup, it leads to less because it makes procreation, if not impossible, at least radically more difficult. Right. So you, you've got like um, – there are some species that – I'm done sounding smart for like a while. So you're gonna... <laughs> well, it's been a while since you have, so that's <laughs> – I'm spent. <laughs> So you've got like um, – there's like frogs and stuff that um, can reproduce asexually. So they can just have a baby, OK? And But that is always only under the pressures of um, other things where there's predation or something else. But evolutionary biologists will say there's a disadvantage to this because then you don't get diversity in the gene pool. So you, you end up having – all of these things are exactly the same. Well, what if your environment changes? Then that frog doesn't survive as well. Okay, so so there are those instances. We have this great advantage genetically of having two um, contributors to the DNA. And that is clearly, whether you think that design comes from evolution or whether you think that that design comes from a dude in a cloud somewhere – <laughs> or option three. <laughs> or option three, our Lord and Savior, Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Either way, it's a design. Or nation oath. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, it's a design. That's the point. And so now all we're doing – Well, there's a pattern. It's it's not random. It should be a certain way and yeah. there's deviations to the certain – I mean what, what you're saying. Right. But there's an ideal. But we get to have it both ways. So the, the left wants it one way when, well, you were born with a, with a wiener, but you don't feel like that, so cut it off. And then, oh, no, you can't you know, do these drugs to change because mm-hmm. you were born this, whatever it is. Right. The, the right wants to say, um, no, you're not born that way. You, you decided to be gay. And then they say, oh, no, 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 no. You were born with these chromosomes. You have to keep them now. Like, neither side can have it both ways. But Christians get to say, well, here's the design. And then there's sin. And yeah, we got to deal with that. So obviously, um, we can say the way you are born isn't right because of sin. And this is this is where people get nervous. What's he going to say next? <laughs> what do you mean? What you, are you saying? Gay people aren't born right? Oh, that's evil. Lynch him, kill him. He's saying we're not talking about sexual preference in terms of. Who you want to bed. We're talking about at the genetic level, what is it saying? Well, here's what Christians actually say. Nobody's born right. Right. <laughs> so, so I'm not saying gay people, straight people, men or women. I'm not I'm, not, I'm making zero And some of the fixing has to be done at the genetic level. Yeah. And some of the fixing has to be done at the behavioral level. Right. I've I've said this the example I always give is God isn't the, the argument that I was born this way, God made me this way. Doesn't make it right. It's Well, it's false because what about that kid who's born without arms? God's up in heaven going, 
It's exactly what I was going for. I wanted a kid with no arms. Were you, were you in the Woo. class? Were you in the class with with Gibbs? We had the blind professor come in. Were you in that? Who's I, you know the blind professor? Yeah. What was his name? I don't remember, but he inspired me. I wanted to stab my eyeballs out. So get because I, I made the case to Celeska. <laughs> I said, if I if I stab my no eyeballs out. <laughs> I won't have to translate Hebrew anymore, right? What did he say? Is there Braille Hebrew? No, there's just Braille. Because any anytime you go from a language to Braille, you just go to Braille. So it's already translated for right. you. Right. He goes, well, you'd have to learn Braille. And I go, well, I'd have to learn Braille anyways. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <to live>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so what you're saying? And he's sitting there going... I guess <laughs> you're not really like at that point you got that concerned look like you're, you're not going to go back really <laughs> considering this you're art. not one of those kids that's going to go back to his room ah, my eyes <laughs> yes so there were the the blind professor uh-huh. he, the blind guy and it, it was neat to watch him it was like a bat like he had sonar and like walk around all the tables yeah. in class we're like does anybody like do we try to trip him and see if he's like super I ninja or like him. do we just leave the book bag there right mm-hmm. and so. But he – Gibbs was talking about the kingdom of God and how sight to the blind and all this and like that's – God's taking what sin has broken. Your eyes don't work the way they should and made them work. So in the resurrection, everybody's going to see. And the blind professor got ticked. He's not going to – he's going to gouge his eyes out in the resurrection. And the two of them, we didn't <laughs> no, – I, rem- I wasn't there for that. <laughs> you embellish. Yeah, I mean, that's great. I'm embellished. But no, his point was, I don't think that me having sight, I, I don't see that as something that I will gain in the resurrection because they don't see it as a result of sin in this age. And the two of them kind of went at it. <clears throat> okay, so over that. Gibbs is right. I, <laughs> as usual. I mean, he's usually right. <laughs> right. So, but it was interesting to watch that debate. Yeah. And, and so Gibbs is right. Because so many times we think of the fall uh, sin as the dumb stuff that I say, think, and do. Martin Luther King Jr., terrible theologian, terrible, terrible, terrible theologian. But the one thing I think he got right is we are victims of sin. (laughs) That too. (laughs) (laughs) You got that right, definitely. Anyways, you were saying. Thank you. Is that your white privilege talking? Your (sighs) white, white guilt? Oh, don't start me. And so, right, so... He saw people as victims of sin. And I think some of sin is like you're doing it yourself. Knock it off, right? You're bringing, yeah. you're bringing evil into the world. Please stop. On the other hand, we are, we are also victims of sin. Right. So you're, you're Turner's syndrome person. Yep. Who sinned that this person was no one. Right. We're victims of sin. Now, fortunately, through the gospel and in, in the area that we're talking about, medical advancements. Right. We can, in a limited way, undo certain parts of the curse. Right. So our discourse needs to change to become more about um, when when we're trying to have a conversation with somebody um, to not – and it's, it's really hard to do and, and people who suck at talking shouldn't do it. So at one fifteen in this podcast – I'm just trying to remember this – is when we actually get serious and like contribute. Okay. <laughs> I'll let everybody know in the intro. <laughs> right. Skip ahead. <laughs> Skip all the nonsense in the beginning. Um, we we need to change our discourse because in most every other issue, mm-hmm. we say, come as you are. And, and the gospel will put you on a path of healing. 
Well, except for if and the cocktail. Is, yeah, <laughs> unless your thing is sex, eh, we just don't want you. <laughs> but if it's if it's like you got a gambling problem, and we could say, well, there, some people are genetically predisposed to take risks, and are and are genetically predisposed to addiction. These two things culminate in this person. Man, they're a victim of these things. It's not their fault. The gospel can change them. Blah blah blah. We're, we're going to work with you, and I know you're going to trip and fall a couple times. You're going to go to hit the casino. We're going to love you through that, brother. Like, okay, now this person over here has um, a genetic disorder. Things a little tweaked a little bit, uh, or their environment growing up has shaped them psychologically. Has done actual damage um, to their personality, but the gospel can heal. Nah, nah. Let's slow down. <laughs> once you get your shit together, then you can come in. Yeah, once you just like chicks. Then you can come on this path of healing. Why? Why? <laughs> we don't make the we don't make the cripple guy like well, you got to walk before. I mean, I know you were born without legs, but yeah, she's this this church is only for people who look like Adam and Eve, who by the way weren't white, <laughs> certainly weren't German. <laughs> Wouldn't it be weird if they were? <laughs> <laughs> Eve turned to Adam and said, "Das gut." <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, I will lose my shit at the resurrection. <laughs> like, no. Adam Adam and Eve, heaven or hell? Oh, heaven for sure. Oh, yeah. T- uh, tell me why. Because they were the first recipients of the promise of eternal life. Did they believe the gospel? 100%. In fact, Eve thought it right away. Eve thought that Cain – what does Cain's name mean again? Mm-hmm. I should know things. Um. Again, no prep. Something of the earth, right? Um, no, it's like um, the, my savior of my something or other. She thought it was going to be Cain. Yeah, she she thought that her kid, her very next, her like her first child, was like, oh, this is the Messiah. Woohoo! Glad it didn't take long. So she field able, not going to be nah. you. Duh. <laughs> not going to be able either. Right. Somebody keeps ringing our doorbell. I'm just going to look outside quick. You keep talking. I don't want to talk forever. So. Ah, so here we are alone at the table while Luke looks out the window. Um, but that does get into how perfect does someone have to be before they come into the church? And I think this is something that, you know, pastors, we struggle with when someone shows up at the door and says, I want to be part of your church is on the one hand, you don't want to bring someone in who's living in open, unrepentant sin. On the other hand, you don't want to have a church full of only perfect people because that's not how it works. And so I think the question is, for the person that wants to come into the church that is that has these differences, right? We're talking sexual. Yes. <laughs> we don't make we don't we don't say, okay, you need to get your stuff together before you can come in. On the other hand, we also don't want you saying, Yeah, this is great. So how perfect does someone have to be before they join the church? Because just like we would ex- we would excommunicate a member who's living in open unrepentance and because of the danger they pose to the members around them and to show them that we, we believe they've cut themselves off from Christ, do you bring someone into – I mean attending church is one thing, right? Right. Membership, human institution, yet sort of kind of maybe not 100 percent. No, I don't – we don't – we do our best around here to not track membership at all, and it's hilarious. It drives it drives the Iowa District West bonkers. Because so, okay, commuting, right? If right. someone's living in open, unrepentant sin, yes, you should be here. This is probably a bad idea. Uh-huh. Is it? 
<laughs> I honestly on, – on questions like that, um, where I land on it is as – especially in today's situation, it's really hard for a pastor to ever say, I know this about you and I know you haven't repented. See, I don't think we've been asking the right questions about communion. And I want to do three minutes on communion, then let's go to gay marriage. All right, sweet. Well, you get a message there? I did. Is My wife doesn't want to go out tonight. That's because she's hanging out with me. <laughs> <laughs> or her folks are in town. Mm, that's what – okay. We'll stick to that story. That's cool. Go ahead. I'm gripping that water bottle kind of tight. One twenty-five. Got it. <laughs> so right, here, here's the question that I asked some of our, our ringneck brothers about, and their heads explode. And it's okay. So the criteria for communion is discern the body, examine yourself. Got it. Um, outside of that, it's unbiblical, and we've just made up rules because we think they're good rules. <laughs> so someone comes into our church. The first thing we do is confession and absolution. So examine yourself. Check. Yeah, nobody's unrepentant at that point. I mean, unless you are. Based on what I can see. Right. Right. right? So only by what I can see. So you came and you confessed your sins, you received absolution. Then you hear the word of God read and proclaimed, right? So you heard about Jesus. And then as a result of that, (laughs) in in any real church. (laughs) And then then there's a creed. So now we're on the same page. I'm discerning the body, the brothers and sisters in Christ around me. Okay. We're on the same page. Then I hear this is my body. This is my blood. Take, eat, take, drink. If they come up to take, eat, take, drink, if they listen to Jesus there, you have to assume they're listening to Jesus when he says this is. Mm -hmm. Right? And so then it becomes not who should I encourage to come up, but on what biblical grounds, if I've done that in the service, on what biblical grounds do I turn anyone away? And the answer is there are none. Yeah. So that's really not why we're here today. (laughs) <laughs> While you were away, I took this conversation in a very different direction. Well, let me tell you an interesting story. I wasn't expecting you to hop up from the table <laughs> and go look out a window in the middle of your podcast. I need a studio. That's all the boys not do. So I need a studio. I you love see a dark this. room with padded walls. I That's do. exactly right. <laughs> I need a dungeon. <laughs> um, so this, this is my community story. When I was uh, at my previous congregation, not here, big church, uh, 1,400 on a Sunday, and this one woman and I used to have these wonderful, deep conversations about uh, church and Jesus, all kinds of theology. Man, she was sharp. She was working in the, in the office with us. Her kids were in our school, blah, blah, blah. First round draft pick. It, kind of first person. round draft pick. Absolutely. So one day, just when I'm, I've taken the call, I'm pretty much gone. She's like, yeah, I don't even – I don't know how it came up in conversation. Yeah, it's not really bodily and you know, present. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I'm going to go a little That's bit further. It. Maybe she just doesn't understand. But this would be weird because she understands everything. And she's like, yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I understand the difference. I'm, I'm, I'm reformed. And I said, Dude, you're not reformed. Wah, wah, wah. You're a member of this church. And I go, I don't even think you know what reform means. She goes, Dude, I went to a Wesleyan college. And I was like, oh, okay. You do know what it means. <laughs> Damn it. Like, she goes, well, I just, you know, it's, I, I think that it's fine. For for you guys to believe that, I don't think it does any harm to you to believe that. I just don't believe it's it, it is that. And when I take communion, I remember she the standard. She could have given you all five points on communion done, and I just remember in my head thinking, "You bitch." <laughs> <laughs> like, she's a really nice lady, so I obviously didn't say it, but but like that that was a point to me to say. There, I You've thought been I lying. knew that. You've yeah. been lying the whole time. 
Well, and, and I just cannot know. I cannot know. Um, I, I would have sworn to you I knew what she believed. I would have sworn it up and down. Her whole family is Lutheran and here is this like weird anomaly. I'm like, what? So um, on, on any given Sunday, how do I know some Joe has – I know that they're repentant. Like, well, I, I mean I could – even if I sit them down, like everybody's got to come the week before and do confession absolution. Who poop, poop, jump, jump, jump. Yeah, and I, they can still so based lie. on what you can see, they yeah. confess their sins – they profess their faith. They come up to take eat and take drink. On what biblical grounds do you turn away? Well, they were Baptists when they got here. So nothing changes in the service. Right. So your whole theology of God's word is just yeah. fun. So we haven't been asking the right questions and we haven't been getting good answers either. And, and the, big, the big thing is – so Paul's writing to Corinthians when he talks about communion and to the whole church. Does he talk to pastors at all in that letter? He's like, and pastors, be extra careful that you – this is really your thing. <laughs> Here's how you do it. He assumes it's going to be given to everybody and he puts the responsibility on the members. If you if you mess this up, you're going to get sick and die. Right. Never once mentions clergy in the entire discussion about the Lord's Supper. Right. Whereas in the LCMS, we can't stop talking about clergy in our discussions on the Lord's Supper. Right. That we're somehow the magical gatekeepers for knowing who should and who shouldn't. We can teach people who should and who shouldn't. Right. No, I agree. And that's what we've been given. Gay marriage. Gay marriage. Let's do that. I mean, let's not. <laughs> I don't mean we should do that. I mean, unless you, you're polygamous. Maybe. Polygamous. <laughs> I'm just. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. If you want to, just know. tossing it out there. <laughs> Fine. If you are, you can change it if you want. <laughs> Legally, we could marry each other. <laughs> like, who signs a document when it's two dude pastors? Both of them. Their wives? <laughs> I guess it works. See if it works. So um, yeah. So to, ha- to have that conversation, you kind of have to circle back to what we were talking about before where <laughs> I really don't – And come in the back door? And sneak in the back door by way of – let's not. <laughs> you know, I marked this as not explicit. I may have to change that on iTunes. Um, so you, you have to circle back to the conversation we've been having on – I absolutely believe that there is biological, physiological, and even psychological components to attraction of any type, of of sexual attraction of any type. And anything under the sun that people experience, desire, there there are components. Now, we are not to be slaves to those things, but, but we need to recognize that they exist. And just believing and and having a faith doesn't erase those things. It doesn't make right. it like well, no, well, it turns out you believe. So now you know you're not blind. You can see, right? No, oh, you need to believe more. <laughs> oh, you're still gay. Just believe more. If you just believe more, you'll stop having those feelings. Not true, because so <laughs> hormones change the way you feel. It's just true. Ask Heidi Krieger. I mean Andreas. Do you still have her picture up on your laptop this whole time? No, I, I, it was um, the wiki page. Her picture's not on there. She looks like a dude because she's a dude now, 100%. But yeah, if you just Google – like let me Google. No, you don't need right, to right. – we're not going to look up the East German <laughs> swim team on your – Private browsing. <laughs> oh, Pastor Luke is in some weird stuff. <laughs> yeah. I like my chicks to look like dudes. It's just – it's fascinating to read it because like – No, no, it's not. It, it, it really is. These women all started growing mustaches and Because they pump themselves dudes. full of things that 
right. are men. So what if you are born a certain way and those <laughs> w- with a genetic glitch that causes you to have more or less of those hormones? Then it's a glitch. I mean I think the first thing to recognize is it's a glitch that you had no control over. Right. So either you live with the glitch and you're going to be this circus – you know, entertainment. You're just, you're, you're just off. Right? You're going to look different. You're going to look different. You're going to act. No one's going to be able to figure you out. And we live in a fallen world. And as Christians, we should show love and compassion for those people. Right. right. Or you say, I, I had the genetic makeup for, for one and I'm going to go for that. And I'm going to try to become as much like the original design as possible. And I don't think scripture condemns either approach. We, right. Right. For Christian, for us Christians. So let's say you're born without legs from, from the, where your knee would be down Born it's legs. your choice to get prosthetics. Absolutely. Right? But we don't say – I'd get treads. What's, oh, 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 oh. Interesting. I, I had this little picture in my head <laughs> and I'm holding a gun <laughs> because all I can think is tank, right? <laughs> Immediately, I had a helmet in my mind. I had a helmet and a gun <laughs> but I was still wearing like a T-shirt. I don't know. <laughs> my brain is funny. <laughs> Probably genetic. Something's wrong up here. <laughs> but yeah, we, we don't ask that guy. All right, you're going to need to do everything you can. To pretend that you have legs. To And essentially what would we be saying and communicating to them? You have to look and act like us. Because you're different and that makes me uncomfortable. Right. But that is what we're saying to somebody who is um, in, in a same-sex relationship, has those proclivities. We're saying no. you need to get – are but we're we not we really are but we are i mean i don't think we are, are we're not supposed to but we are <laughs> but you do it's two different things and and the reason why it's two different things is one you're talking about a condition the other one you're talking about behaviors mm, but uh, see i i know that there i i fully recognize in the, the same difference. i mean when i was a high school student my my inclination and yours was to hump everything exactly <laughs> But we didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Some of us. Didn't. All the things. <laughs> this is not. But all I the didn't. But I didn't because, <laughs> as much as my nature and biology were definitely leading me to that conclusion, I knew that this is not God's plan and design for me. Right. God's plan and design is for me, Lord willing, to get married, and 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 that's where you do it. But there's but there is a spectrum. So. Um, but there isn't. No, but there is a spectrum for what. <laughs> Gender, sexuality, a spectrum of behavior that is um, th- that is able to be controlled. For instance, I am fully diagnosed and medicated for OCD, and it's so I don't I don't actually show a lot of the symptoms anymore. <laughs> That's a great maybe not of OCD. <laughs> It's it's funny because when I finally got my diagnosis, I've got a buddy who's a, a clinical psychologist and I called him and I was like, dude, I just got back and I got a diagnosis. And he goes, OCD? Well, yeah. And he goes, yeah, I know. I'm like, what did you tell me? And he was like, you just can't hear it from a friend. You got to go do it. I was like, you dick. How long have you known this? Oh, forever. It's actually a guy we went to seminary with. We'll talk about him later. Um, Tyndall. 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 There you go. Yeah, I was like, you dick. Why didn't you just tell me? Anyways. Um, so I would, I would get into a spot where I would tell you like the, the, the great moment in my life was, I was in the garage building a smoker, which was an awesome manly project two in the morning, 
my wife opens the garage door and goes, what are you doing? So I'm building my smoker. And she goes, it's too. And she goes, stop it and come inside. And I looked at I it and said, can't. I can't. I, I mean, I actually, I, I can't. And it's, I mean, you, everybody knows the, the OCD picture. And, and I don't have these things like the, the flipping the light switch on and off. Like that thing, and you said, just don't do that, or stop washing your hands. I can't. Like until you until you wrestle with something like that. With um, and I, I, I always say I have a mental illness that is OCD. And then my it's wife smokers says, and Google searching the East German swim team <laughs> in the middle of the podcast. I can't help it. <laughs> but my my wife, when I say I have a mental illness that is OCD, my wife goes, "It's not mental illness." And I go, well, "It's it's my mental parts." <laughs> And they're kind of sick, isn't it? And she's like, well, when you say mental illness, it sounds like you're an axe murderer. I'm like, well, no, I just there's something wrong up there, and it's fine. But um, I think it is entirely possible and even probable that under the right conditions, environmentally, physiologically, biologically, we have people who are attracted to the other sex and it is it is just as it, the same thing telling them stop that is like telling somebody with OCD just stop washing your hands can they do it yes but no see what i'm saying and so you would not want to encourage them to put themselves into situations where they'd be more likely to act on their impulses yeah you take away the soap from the guy with OCD right <laughs> no 100% 100% <laughs> You, you deal with it, but right. So I think for for the Christ, Christ, church stuff, right? Right. So the guy comes in. I want to join your church, and I'm gay. All right. So one of two choices: either you're gay, no way, or you say, "Let's talk about that." Right? Yeah, and you let's talk about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And it's the just like if there was a straight guy who came in and said, "I'm humping everything <laughs> that all the girls." <laughs> right. You would you would say, "Where do you?" Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> right. You go ahead. <laughs> At my church, what we would say <laughs> is, okay, well, that needs, you know, you need to you need to not act on those impulses. I can't say you can't have those impulses to join the church. You need to be celibate. So if there's someone who's homosexual, you need to be celibate. Right. I can't make those impulses go away in the same way that every kid who's getting confirmed is at that teenage time of life where, all right, guys, now that you're confirmed, no impulses. <laughs> I mean, turn that switch off. You'd be the weird. It'd be weird because we all know you can't turn them off. So, so same thing for I would say same thing for homosexuals. I can't. I'm not going to ask you about your, you know, how do you celibacy? <laughs> Where do you put it? <laughs> right, celibacy. Yes, and but I, do we do we treat different the person who is um, heterosexual who comes in and says, "Oh, I'm telling you, I know, Pastor, I know, I." Just I love humping. I love humping. It's my fair. My love. I can't stop humping. I just. I you know. I. All right. I'll stop. And then like, if someone came in and said that to me, I would be very. <laughs> I would be excited. I'd be like, like, why did you just come in? <laughs> you need to go to Luke's church it's down the road. Do we do referrals? <laughs> I gave you a great referral in Brandon. You're welcome. Anyways, um, he's great. He's coming. He's going to be doing a podcast with you. Yes, I cannot. He wait. borrowed a couple of books. He borrowed a couple of my books. Yeah. Yes, he borrowed some books. Though, if you could have <laughs> him, <laughs> make sure he returns them. I would really like them in my library again. <laughs> I'm told. On Revelation, Brandon, yeah. I need my Revelation books back. The minute you're done with them, but not a minute before. It's, so, um, 
Good guy. Anyway. Um, oh, so this guy, then he, he goes, I, I'm, I'm going to be celibate. Three weeks later, he comes back and goes, dude, sure. I was at a bar, had a couple drinks, sure. took this chick home. I just, I'm sorry. I just, we go. Forgiven. Yeah. Now, if that guy's gay. Forgiven. I don't think most churches who are on in LCMS or in the world of orthodox right-wing Christianity, evangelical, whatever you want to call it, most of them go, ah, you're out. I don't disagree, and I, and that's that's terrible, tragic. But I, right? and I think that we because because what that means is, let's say I'm gay, and so I join this church. The minute I tell anyone that, now I'm that now I'm that guy. Yeah. And so I I really you know would really wrestle with this stuff, struggle with it, but I can't talk to anyone about it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that's, I well, think you're describing what they experience. So so if a person's in that scenario, more or less likely to backslide. If there's no one likely. they can go to and be like, pray for me. Right. Right. hundred percent. hundred percent. So the issue is repentance and the issue is celibacy. That's the goal. Yeah. In the same way it is for every person out there with their sexuality outside of marriage. Yeah. Because I think. Cool. All right. So we agree on that. Let's move on to the issue of should we do weddings for the state? Oh. Because here we are. Yeah. This is still interesting for people. Yeah. Maybe not for you because do you do weddings? I do. Here's the problem is I love to do weddings for people I love and I hate to do weddings for anybody else. <laughs> you know, like when somebody asks when, – when, if somebody is, is kind of doing the, the wedding chapel shopping tour, oh. I am so not the, the welcoming charitable person <laughs> that I should be. Like, yeah, number one, first thing we do is we charge non-members – like it's close to a thousand dollars. How much me. of that do you get? Oh no, that's for me. Really? Yeah, yeah. I ask them how much they charge their photographer, or the photographer's charging them. Yeah, I, you see the looks on their faces. I'll take half of what your photographer's getting. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I, my my. I, I point don't take is, half of what the photographer gets. Yeah, that would be a good idea, though. My, my point is, if so, I mean that's that's the non-member price. Okay, thousand dollars. It, it was eight hundred. I think we bumped it to a thousand. Just because we're silly. Like my admin and I just sit around and laugh about it. Like $10,000, a million dollars, whatever. Like the point is <laughs> – I don't want to do this. I don't want to do your wedding. Like this this should be obvious and nobody is willing to pay that. And they go, well, I thought you'd, you're a pastor in a church. Don't you want to be a part of our day? No. No. Not at all. You don't want to be a part of our church. So why do I want to be a part of your day? You don't want to be a part of our life? Why do I want to be a part of the the thirty minutes? That See you the spend? Luke the Luke Tim that I knew would be like, oh, I'll do your wedding. <laughs> I've done a few of those <laughs> back in the day. No, this this really started when we came here, um, and it kind of came up. I got a story. This is a good story. I'm gonna pick up my pen. I threw on accident. OCD. You were, <laughs> dude. Now you're gonna be looking for it, and you're gonna find it. Um, so I, I was a uh, pastor back in Michigan, big church, beautiful building. 1400 on a Sunday, yeah. Oh, it was a go- gorgeous building, gorgeous building. And one day I um, get this phone call. This couple wants to meet because they want to talk about getting married in our church. And I said, I, I will happily meet with anybody anytime. Um, this is when I was naive. I won't do this anymore. <laughs> I said, sure, come on in. And so um, a guy gets here on time. And he sits down, probably I'd peg him at 60 years old. Um, and he doesn't 
speak English very well. Thick, thick Indian accent. Um, but we, we try and chit-chat a little bit. It was just kind of a challenge. She's running a few minutes late, and I, I can hear it coming down the hall. Clop, 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 She walks in, total, like, hooker heels, tight dress, boobs up and, and just falling out, smoking hot. 25 to 35 range. It's, it's one of those you can't tell. You're like either you're 35 and have this thing mastered and look 25. Or there's a lot of tanning. Or you're 25 and been road hard and put away wet. Like I don't know. <laughs> whatever it is. Like you're in. But regardless, this chick was hot. And I was like, oh. <laughs> okay. And I just start asking questions. And right off the bat, they want to get married in our church because the nicest hotel in town, the literally – like a bazillion dollars in a hotel right down the road from us. And so we can get married here. Your stained glass windows are beautiful. The brick is beautiful. The front of the church is beautiful. Beautiful this, this, this. And, and I can't stop. Do you have a, a church home? Well, we. I know my parents go whatever. I was raised uh, trailing off. And so yeah. I, I just start kind of asking these questions like, well, what we're really more interested in is not your wedding day, but your marriage. We're interested in being a part of your life as you grow together, doing all this kind of stuff. Yeah, you can see the disinterest. Yeah. He's checked out. (laughs) He's like looking around my office, looking at stuff. And she's kind of nodding with a glazed look in her eyes and goes, oh, and and I finally said, listen, I I just don't think that this is going to be a fit. And I kid you not. She goes, well, I think it would be only fair. If we made a donation to the church, and I was like, "No, this church has got a ton of money. <laughs> this is a super rich church, lady. Have you looked around? <laughs> We're swimming in cash." Like, no. And she goes, "Well, I, what I mean is a, a donation directly to you." And I went, "Oh, hired holy man." <laughs> and she just kind of started talking about, you know, we, we've already spent eighty thousand dollars on this wedding. And I was like, oh. And what's 80000 more? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, she pulls out a checkbook and is, is just looking for me to name a number. Oh. Uh, to yeah. this day, I regret I didn't throw something out. <laughs> 15 grand. Like, I don't know, like something. For you guys, 1500 <laughs> But I. No, I, I mean, that, that. I just said no. <laughs> I was like, you, you got to go. So then he gives me his card. He's, he's a surgeon. Whatever. I was like, this isn't even – you're not even pretending. <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty funny. I, I wish to this day I should have said 10 grand, 15 grand. I should have said – I should have – I want to know what, what they were thinking. Was she right. thinking like 500 bucks would do it? How much can we – this guy's going to go cheap. I want to, I want to know what, what they thought my morals were worth. <laughs> I would look at his morals. I mean he, <laughs> see, I, I like weddings. Ugh. I love. No, I hate the, the. I don't hate the pre-marriage counseling stuff on the on the front end. I think we talked about this before. Yeah. Really question its benefit, right? Yeah, absolutely. I I would much rather be like schedule an appointment with me six months after you get married. Yep. Because six months in, everybody's going wow. <laughs> and but you don't want to be admit like six months in. We need help, yeah, right? <laughs> right? Because then who needs help six months in? But but I'd much rather talk to them because they're not listening. I mean, beforehand, it's. The couples that are going to listen to you are already working on their relationship to make it better on their own. Yeah. And the ones that aren't going to listen to you are just going to waste your time. So I would love to I would love to get into a discussion with someone 
of our vocation who is like the big pre-marriage advocate, like pre-marriage counseling saves everybody's life. Yeah. I'd love to talk to them after 13 years of ministry. Right. So, so, but I love doing weddings. I hate it. I Everybody's really happy. Ugh. Everybody's happy. Everyone else comes to you and talks about their, what's wrong. <laughs> and, and so. Dude, I would way, I would way rather do a funeral. I would not, do, not in a hundred. There's someone dead. It's right. sad. Yes. And everybody's listening. And no, they're attention. not. Every, every pastor says that and it's not true. <laughs> No one listens but to back, you. But back to the state. I, th- this is a, a So this is the conundrum is is that when we, we – we're doing two things, right? We're leading a worship service and pronouncing husband and wife and then we're signing a marriage license right. for the government. Yeah. They're not the same. No. And I think that there's more and more guys like us who are, are coming to that conclusion of let's divorce these <laughs> – Unintended. Uh, <laughs> divorce these two things from each other. Let the church do this piece and let the state do that piece. And if you don't ever want to do this, see, this is the the question is because I, I did have somebody ask me not too long ago um, for reasons of finances. We we had um, this is going to be not even second or third marriage. I think it was like his fourth and her third marriage. Um, they're not married by the way, just going to skip to the end of that (laughs) conversation. But it was, um, we have, you know, on this side, um, he's got a bunch of money and some complicated things going on. She's got a bunch of money, some complicated things going on. Can we just get married like in Jesus's eyes and not in the state? And I go, well, why? You know, taxes and bringing together the two because I've got this trust thing over here and she's got these things that over here and we have to figure out ownership of all these things. And it's just, it'd be way better. And I was like, but that's – the state says if you're going to be married, you have to do those things. What, when does the state say that? That's what you do when you get married. If you want the state to recognize it. Right. But The state doesn't say you can't consider yourself married outside of this license. It's – the license is the state recognizing – this is my thesis. My thesis was um, this, neither the state nor the church is necessary for a marriage, only the individual's. You don't need the church or the state to say you're married for you to be married. You You can get the recognition of the church and or the state if you want to, but it's not necessary. And so I would tell that couple, you don't need to, right? You absolutely don't need the state to recognize your marriage, especially when the state has an incorrect view of what marriage is. Right. Because what the state says is marriage isn't marriage. Correct. But what the state says is marriage, if you're doing those things and then – Pretending like you're not married, you end up deceiving. You're not pretending you're not married. Sure you are. Every time you file your taxes, <laughs> you check that box, not married. I know no, you're, you're – che- <laughs> All my you're, gear is old. You're, check, you're checking the box. Not married. I'm not filing as a married person. Yeah. <laughs> but you are a – you're saying I am married but I'm not married married. I'm just married, not married. But what the state says is marriage is not marriage. And so from the state's definition of marriage, I would, I would argue, no, you're not. <laughs> yes, you are. Because the thing that I entered into with my wife is not something two men and two women can enter into. Well, see here. So what does the state consider married? What, what We're is using there? the same word to mean very different things. Yeah, and I, and I think that um, they overlap. So if you had a Venn diagram, sure, absolutely. It, would, it would be 90% overlap. <laughs> there wouldn't be a lot of, uh, a lot of non-overlap. So the the state is is talking about things like cohabitation, one household, joint resources, et cetera, et cetera. All of these things, and, and 
I am by no means defending this. <laughs> I just <laughs> right, say right, what right. the state says that these things um, change the way we tax you so that you pay your fair share, which is if we identify it, as if we fill out that form. But my thesis was you're not compelled to fill out that form. There's no the form is not necessary for there to be a marriage. Right, but you're but you're living. But so, you're arguing you're lying if you don't fill it out. Yeah, because why would you fill it out? Well, the state wants you to fill it out so they know that you're sharing resources, living together, cohabitating so that you have one property, blah, blah, blah. I mean all these things. But there's no law saying that I have to. If I am living together, sharing property, one, the state doesn't tell me I have to. So there's no reason for me to feel compelled to right. under the law. I, I don't disagree and actually – um, it, the state used to kind of do this. It was called common law, common law marriage, um, for this very mm-hmm. reason. So you didn't have an end around. You, you didn't have this. That was the other conversation. End around was part of the previous. We've changed gears. <laughs> we've switch hit. So we're not in that spot anymore. Um, yeah. So this is um, the common law was was the way to say no. You, you can't find this loophole and say we're not really married. We're just getting all the benefits of marriage, but not really being married. But that's gone away in right and most the, every state. Here's here's the problem Are with any common law marriage here, states. Don't look it up. I'm gonna look it up. Here's the problem: is you're gonna want to listen to this. This is gonna be good. I can do two things at once. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that was a previous discussion we wanted to talk about. So, what about polyamorous relationships? What are your feelings on those? So what I was going to say was that uh, um, if the state is necessary to create a marriage, then the question is, is the consent of the two people necessary? And so what you could come up with is if you're going to say the state is necessary for a marriage to exist, then the state can marry two people against their will. And to say we consider you married – and this is the problem with common law, two people living together, well – Everyone agrees the criteria is good. What if the state said, if you live next door to someone for 10 years when you were growing up, when you turn 18, you're married to them? Right. And if the state creates marriage and it's necessary for marriage, then the state can determine who is married. And that's why I'm saying involvement with the state for purposes of marriage is voluntary. Right. It's usually beneficial, but it's voluntary. Here's, here's a, a great example. Luke had a hot neighbor growing up that he's <laughs> no, no, I was, I, it made, you made me think of the um, uh, Florida woman who um, was just recently arrested for um, incest with her son. Son or no? There was the one she where she had a kid with her brother or dad. I want to say brother. I want to say it was brother. Anyways. Um, it was great. What I found so funny about it was the You were going to say it was great. It was great. I'm glad you stopped yourself. The old Luke would not have stopped himself. This great. is a brand new Luke. Because the police came and confronted her and she copped to its eyes. I was, yeah, but I, I just said that I was, I was ne- I, I never going to do it again. I told them, we're never doing this again. And they said, when was the last time? Last night. <laughs> so, so the sad part is she had a kid. The kid's got a lot of problems. But again, that would be – they would have qualified for common law marriage because they're living together for a long time, having sex, sharing resources, and having children. Married? <laughs> and against the law. But yeah, so there are common law uh, legislation in states that recognize common law marriage. Colorado, District of Columbia, Iowa, 
Kansas, Montana, New Hampshire, Oklahoma, Rhode Island, South Carolina, Texas, Utah. Legislation in states that do not recognize common law marriage. Alabama. Alabama. All right. Probably because of cousins and incest. (laughs) No, no, y'all aren't married. Stop it. (laughs) Sorry, anybody listening from Alabama, but you guys are. I mean, you're just... Comment below. Incest-ridden, inbred yahoos. Anyways, go Tide. Selma? <laughs> so. Should, we, no. should we end our no. – we're, we're, we're getting close to my curfew. Uh. Um, we, have, we have memory work for confirmation back at the church this afternoon. It's a very interesting time. Yeah. We'll talk about confirmation on that, that podcast that, that everyone will want to listen to. Uh, for sure. No. So, so you have this, this gay marriage thing and it, it really is where the state has come up with a definition of marriage that the church just doesn't agree with. Mm-hmm. And the and and so in defense of gay marriage right asterisk not necessarily not lcms not what i think right but charges. so the one argument that i've heard in favor of it where you go i get that right is that so you have two people living the reason why government recognizes marriage is to say that when people are married, they tend to be less of a burden on the state and they tend to produce children that are less of a burden on the state. So it's in the state's best interest to give special status to two people that are going to be less dependent on the resources of the state. Got it. And so whether it's two men or two women or a man and a woman, if they've committed to each other and are legally forced to share resources, there is evidence that they will be less of a burden on the state than people living alone, especially when they get older, old and sick. Um, that's the best argument that I can make for gay marriage. Right. The argument against it is, uh-huh, that's not marriage. Right. And and that's that's it. Yeah. I, I, so this is, this is related, but the the issue with the the bakers who wouldn't bake a cake for the gay. They told wedding. them the reason why. Don't give them the reason why. Just say <laughs> we can't do that. <laughs> why well, would you tell them why? So their their defense is compelling and wrong, but their defense was. It's no, 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 no. It's got. We're not discriminating against gay people because we will make gay birthday cakes. We will make gay uh, Mother's Day cakes. We will make gay Father's Day cakes. We will make gay everything else cake. But we don't believe in in gay marriage, so we won't make a gay wedding cake. Freedom of speech. That the, the argument is actually very compelling, and to say that no. our yes, our cakes are art, and therefore it is speech, and you cannot compel my speech. Well, but here's where it fails is. So, you can't compel my speech. No, this but, is art. But it is discrimination. True, because and and so this is this is where it starts to fail is because I'm discriminating against who I want to. I'm going a place with this. Stop it. Where to go? <laughs> so the the problem is they're saying we believe in a strict definition of marriage that is Christian only, and that's whom we serve. And then I say, okay, so you don't make any secular wedding cakes. What about people who, who aren't Christian? Do you make any Muslim wedding cakes? Do you make any wedding cakes for Hindu people? Do you make any wedding cakes for – because if you make a wedding cake for somebody who is getting married and they are both Muslim, um, you're not following what you just said. You you only make Christian wedding cakes. That doesn't, that doesn't rule out it, – it, it makes them hypocritical, but it doesn't mean their argument is a bad argument. It means it's inconsistently applied. No, legally is a different question. I'm saying morally okay. – Morally, yeah. I call bullshit, and this this is where my problem is um, with this whole debate is that we have set up 
marriage that is Christian to kind of include the, – the definition of Christian marriage has become heterosexual. That is not true. <laughs> a, a pagan marrying a pagan, a, a, a male pagan marrying a female pagan is not a Christian wedding. But we would, we would recognize that it's a marriage. Do we? That's that's my point. Yes, because because again, let's get back to the McClellan thesis. According to who? Neither the church nor the state is necessary for there to be a marriage. Only the individuals. But but according to who? So if I've got um, two Muslim friends, man and woman, who are married, is God happy with that marriage? Is God is that a? It doesn't God matter if he's happy. Marriage? Probably not. But the the marriage exists. According to whom? The theology of marriage. No, God. Is What's necessary only, for there to be a marriage? Then God is only concerned with His people and marriage. No, God made marriage for everybody. D- disagree. Based on, based on the fact that He does not condone or bless the actions of pagans. We doesn't need to condone or bless it to acknowledge that it exists. He can say that marriage, it is a marriage, and it's not being done the way I want it done. Okay, so in the God same way that the, the Christian that husband that comes home and beats his wife also isn't doing what God wants him to do. <laughs> right. Right. So it's it's not a matter of is it being done right. It's a matter of does the marriage exist. I think in God's eyes, invalid marriage. Was Jezebel married? No. Scripture says so. Wait. Jezebel married King Ahab? Ahab. Ahab. Sorry. Um, yes, because Ahab, this is why. But they were pagans. He's got this pro- But they were pagans. They were the bad kings, Baal, Asherah. Yeah. Jezebel was eaten by dogs, like the antithesis of the good king. Pagans, northern kingdom, no God, no Yahweh. Pagans, they were married. You may have a point, but I don't know that he's a pagan. He's an unbeliever. He's yes. outside of – But he's he's part of God's no, community. Nope, not has, according to the new – not outward I, circumcision I, I, does not make you part of God's family but faith in the promise. I don't – Because faith, Abraham's faith came before circumcision – I, argument in Galatians. It's okay to admit you're wrong. It's okay to admit when you're wrong. I'm, I'm not arguing that. What I'm arguing is I think maybe – It's would, very hard for people that don't believe in Jesus and have faith in Christ to understand what marriage should be. Well, I, th- I think that they – I think unbelievers are married in the eyes of the state and the conception of the state. I think absolutely – and I'm – this is this is the same – it has a parallel to somebody who comes up to me and says, uh, uh, I'm gender fluid. My I prefer the pronoun zur. I'm, like, I'm going to call you zur. I don't care. That's fine. You're a dude. But whatever. I'll call you – You. I'm just being polite and nice so we can sure. continue on. So we can get to the point where I tell you you're wrong. Yes. <laughs> and you'll so, listen. No, right, right. So I can tell you you're loved and forgiven. Yes. Yeah, same, same way a couple right. comes to me who are unbelievers and this is my husband. Yep, it is your husband. Two gay people walk up to me and say, this is my wife and this is my wife. And Now I go, is not the time to have that debate. Well, but, right? and but that's according the point. to the state, it's true. Right. And that's fine. But I don't think God recognizes that as a marriage. In the in the case of gay marriage, correct. So so there is a difference between gay marriage and pagan marriage. Yes. I don't think there is. I think there is Christian marriage and this other thing that other people do. No, man and woman. They're ne- the only thing we know about Adam and Eve, what male, about female. Man, woman, 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 woman. Polygamy? Yeah. Married, yeah. You can have more than one wife at one time. It's not God's plan and design for marriage. Saith Duncan. <laughs> it's not God's plan and design for marriage. Yeah, I see I because if you're gonna argue if you're gonna argue that polygamy is wrong, you have to say that 
that divorce and remarriage is wrong in every and, or, 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 or that, it, that it's not a marriage in every case. See, when I'm thinking marriage, I'm going right to Ephesians 5 and I'm saying that um, – It's a picture of Christ, Christ in the church. Christ in the church. For those that don't know Ephesians 5, you should read it. And you, you can't get past – you can't get past this. This verse is – Verse 20, beginning in verse 21, not 22. Yeah, they always do break it in the wrong spot. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. No, no, no. Skip ahead. Yeah, wives well, submit to husbands, that's where it starts. <laughs> right. You, you can usually tell. <laughs> that is such, you know, some dude was like, oh, I'm going to put a page break. Right <laughs> <here>. <laughs> Just nod, wink. Everybody, let's start reading here. Um, <laughs> this, that is absolutely what happened. The page break was added later, right? 21 <laughs> spills into 22. Yeah, you, and it talks about how husbands submit, uh, how wives submit to their husbands, yes. and then how husbands submit to their wives. But the key verse is verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Yeah, you can't get Wives, how it. you do it is you submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Husbands, you do it in being like Christ to her, loving her unconditionally yeah. and giving yourself Sacrifice for her. Sacrifice your entire life You're going to die. <laughs> Give your life for her. Yeah. Anyway, but back to – I. this is – You're such I, a feminist. I, I, think that, I think that picture of Luke marriage – Luke has like eight circles of different sizes I, drawn on his – one's in the form of a male symbol – and then it's like the solar system. <laughs> no, it's a penis. <laughs> See how quick that became two balls? Two <laughs> It's your fault, Duncan. It's all your fault. So, um, no, I think that the picture of marriage that God gives to us is the only one that he um, condones, blesses, recognizes. That does not mean, because the rain falls on... Um, believers and unbelievers alike. It doesn't mean that marriage isn't a good thing for non-believers to be a part of or other religions to be a part of. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that that God it, God has a category of the marriage he prescribed, designed, and blesses, and then other things are other things. And I think the state, it can go... The state's not necessary. The state, the yeah. state, The state should call their whatever something other than marriage because it should just not call it marriage and say... Tax breaks. Domestic partnerships. Cohabitation allowance, whatever. Cohabitation allowance. Right? I mean, that's what it is, and that's fine. <laughs> right, right. The state can do whatever it wants yeah. in that area, but it shouldn't think that it is, it is defining marriage for everybody. Yeah. Because God made marriage. He gets the, to define it. Right. And the only thing that's necessary for it is a man and a woman together committed to each other for their lives. I disagree. Until I think, somebody dies. No, I disagree. Absolutely. No, what's required for it is a man and a woman in a relationship with their Savior, Jesus Christ. Ideally. No, not ideally. Well, so there's no marriages before Jesus? All of those marriages were in the promise of the coming Messiah. Just like there's Except salvation before Jesus. Except for having Jezebel. Well, I see. They were married. You got me thinking on this one. I'm thinking that maybe that wasn't a valid marriage because there's nothing good. Nothing good came out of that marriage. The, the marriages are valid. It's that it's, you're blind. You're, you're saying, I want to be married, but you don't know what marriage should look like. Because the pagans like are doing the, guy the same thing. the walks up to thing. me and says, I'm, my, I'm, zero, I'm gender fluid. Okay, because you don't dude. understand the relationship of Christ and his church, which is the picture for marriage. And the guy doesn't understand biology. He can tell right. me. Right. But it doesn't mean that it's not a marriage. Yeah, it I means argued that, myself backwards on that one. <laughs> Damn it, Duncan. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Learn something every day. No, it's <laughs> those marriages exist, but it's very hard for them to be done the way designed. Because if you don't have the picture of Christ in his church, how, how do you know husband, pagan husband, what you should do? You, you define it for yourself. Getting back to the sexual identity thing, right? right. I'm going to be whatever – I'm going to do whatever I think a husband should do and the wife is going to do whatever she thinks a wife should do and Zer is going to live as a unicorn. 
Right. <laughs> I want to be a unicorn. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's certain things. You Whereas we know, to... like we at least know what we should be trying to do as a husband, and and what, what why we should trying try to do. We don't live up to it. It doesn't. Yeah. So if I'm a bad husband today, it doesn't mean that I'm not a husband. It means that I haven't lived up to. Yeah. See, I, this is where we disagree because I think you're you're defining husband and mar- and wife um, as the the behaviors of which. Christian defined what the marriage is. We we have no we we have a we have a cheat we have a cheat sheet as to what it should look like. Right, but I think what, the other people don't. I think what defines it as a marriage is their relationship to Jesus. Where there's no Jesus, there is no marriage. No, that's where I stand. But based on what? Based on shit I made up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, that's God. A good question. <laughs> Why do I think the way I think? God gave marriage to everyone. We have the cheat sheet. See, I don't think so. I think God gave marriage to Adam and Eve. That was that is the picture. And but there was that, no need for a savior when He gave it to them. So yes, I, but there was definitely a need for a creator. And so our savior is our bridge back to our creator. Keep talking. So Jesus is the connection back to the design. So if you don't have the, you ever watch a Beautiful Mind? <laughs> You're sounding like <laughs> I know. <laughs> Next week I'm going to come back and meet papers and diagrams on the walls. I figured it out. Dude, if I'm off my meds, Just that could it. happen. Join us next <laughs> week. week is- uh, all right. Well, I th- that that is a good point. I, I think it's not really a good point to stop, but we're out of time. Well, I think listeners will, will be able to kind of comment below. Well, this it's kind of two different, right? I mean, you've got one position of Christian marriage is, is the only the only way to be married. And then there is this other good. And I would even say, I'm going to destroy your argument in 30 seconds. Just keep talking. I'm going to say even like theistically pleasing (laughs) because it's good for the state and people will remain more pliable for taxation purposes. (laughs) What's Paul's, what's Paul's argument to someone who's married to an unbelieving spouse? Stay married. They are married, but they weren't, they weren't believers. Well, I think because the one is a believer. They still have a marriage. They have a even marriage. though someone isn't a believer. Yeah. Faith isn't necessary for a marriage. I think – see, I think that is the – It's not necessary. The whole category of unequally yoked is a problem because of what we're talking about. It's a problem because the other person doesn't have the cheat sheet and they don't know what they're doing. And they're going to bring you down easier than you can bring no, them up. No, it's because one has a relationship back to the creator that right. is reforming the imagio they're dei. Still they're still married. Yeah, no, according to the state and according no, to I'm God. No, I'm talking about according this, to Paul. So let's say the man is the believer and the woman is not. According to the – It's a very rare – I know. <laughs> the, the dude is in a marriage – his wife is not. That's, that doesn't work. <laughs> I may so have to she spend can more cheat time on him. About this. Part two next week. <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> yeah. That's, no, but it's good to think about, and that's that's all the things. <sighs> that is all the things. All right. Yeah. Next week, I'm hoping to have Brandon on. I gotta I gotta call him though. Did he tell you his story? Uh, yes. And and for those of you that made it this far, listen to Brandon's story. Yeah. Right. Really. Listen to his story. <laughs> Did your eyes jump out of your head looking at that guy going, you? I really? <laughs> I, I mean, he's come a long way. Yeah. Right. And and God be praised. Yeah. He's come a long way. I mean, he's telling me this. I'm like, all right. Uh, I, you're not what I think. You no, look like a CPA because 
You're but he CPA. wasn't. But, but he boy, was not. He have a backstory. So next week, all the things. Unless I can't get a hold of Brandon, or if he can't schedule, then um, I'm figure something else out. All right. Thanks for coming in, Duncan. Uh, go confirm some kids or do whatever you're doing. Enjoy. What I tell you, boys and girls. Um, yeah, what a conversation. Like I said, I'm hoping to get Brandon in here next week because he does have a great story. But, um, yeah, uh, if you want to uh, ask me a question or give us a topic to talk about, I would love to get anything from you guys. Uh, my email address you can send things to is allthethingswithluketim at gmail.com. Twitter is at Luke underscore Tim, T-I-M-M. And on Instagram, I am Luke underscore Tim. And uh, you can find me on Facebook um, under me, my name and stuff. And um, hope you enjoyed that. I sure did. Duncan's a great guy. And um, we'll definitely be doing something like that again. All right. So um, thank you guys for listening. Love you. Bye.